Welcome back, everybody, to Pop Pop, the Pop Culture Podcast. I am the LA nerd, Joel Reeves, and with me, as always, is Taylor Salen. Hey, yo. How's it going, everybody? And Lauren Sperling. Hey, friends. It uh, Comic-Con at home just ended, and uh, while we were all sad to not be in San Diego getting drunk together, we all did it over Zoom instead. Uh, before we get to all of the panels and whatnot shenanigans that we did over the internet, uh, I'm sure there's some kind of news, isn't there, Taylor? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But before that, we, we also have some stuff we've been Got to roll those sweet, smooth Indeed. jams. That comes first. Wooka, wooka. So roll them. Sorry, I had to had to pause. I had to do a dramatic pause there for a minute. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, we we got a bunch of stuff. You guys want to start with what you uh, what we've been watching? I guess or yeah, sure. Sure. you can go first. Okay. Well, as per usual, I got I got a nice little. That's not a huge list, but a nice little list of of things that I watched. Um, Nothing pre two thousands tale. Yeah, exactly. No, it's all new. <laughs> it's all new stuff. You got to throw some oldies but goodies in there, man. Like Starship Troopers, dude. Got to rewatch Starship Troopers every now and then. Oh my gosh, <laughs> dude, that movie's a masterpiece, by the way. Just, just so you know. Uh, so the first movie I watched is Eurovision. Have you guys heard of this movie? It's the new. I've heard of it, but I haven't watched it yet. It's, it's on the my new the Will Ferrell one. Indeed, yeah. it is uh, surprisingly fun and good and wholesome. Uh, you know, it's. Definitely a passion project for Will Ferrell. He wrote the movie um, along with producing oh, it wow. and acting in it, which is a pretty rare feat for him. There's not much that he, uh, not, not many writing credits he has on his own movies. Um, and yeah, it's uh, it's it's absolutely wonderful. The chemistry between he and uh, Rachel McAdams is just absolutely lovely. And you know, I think more than anything, this movie proves what a national treasure um, Rachel McAdams is because she is just absolutely. Just absolute comedic gold. Um, and I think especially recently with movies like Game Night and so on and so forth, stuff that she's been in, she's really proven her comedic chops. Um, and I think Eurovision's just another example of that. So I really enjoyed that. I would recommend it. Um, I also watched a new documentary that some people may have heard of. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with it, but it's called The Last Dance. Have you heard of this? The no. Michael Jordan one. Indeed. It's about Michael Jordan and the '90s Bulls and sort of their their um, their dynasty, if you will. Uh, it's ten episodes, and you know, although obviously the focus is on Michael, um, you get to learn a little bit more about the rest of the team, some of the smaller players as well as like Rodman and Pippen, and of course Phil Jackson, who was their legendary coach. Um, and even aside from the fact that it's a, a basketball documentary, which you know my interest in basketball has waned. Throughout the years, I've become more of a, uh, a football guy now, but uh, but nevertheless, um, this documentary is absolutely astounding, and basically charts the rise um, and fall of one of the greatest dynasties of all time. Um, and even if you're not into sports or, like I said, basketball, I still think it's 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 just an absolutely riveting story from the beginning to the end. Uh, let's put it this way: my wife 
I sat down to watch it. My wife is like, yeah, I'll watch this with you. And by the end of the first episode, she was like, all right, let's keep watching it. Like she was super into it. You know, it's like the time I came over and you were watching the Aaron Hernandez thing. And I was Mm -hmm. like, I fucking hate the Patriots. Who gives a shit? And then we sat there and watched the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and you just, much like that documentary, you just can't take your eyes off of it. Although the effect is, is, is far different in terms of, you know, the subject matter. Yeah, less um, uh, less depressing and rapey. yeah, l- l- less less killing, less killing. That's mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, although killing it on the court, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, although there is some murder in the in in the series, which I did not know about, and it's kind of crazy. Yeah, murder on the court? No, it's a murder in real life. Uh, so apparently, oh. Michael uh, uh, Michael George. I was gonna say Michael Jackson. I don't know why. Uh, maybe I was thinking Phil Jackson, but uh, uh, but yes, Michael that one, that one year Michael Jackson played for the Bulls. Yeah, no, my, uh, my, <laughs> I'm I'm sure most people know that Michael. Ja- uh, see, there I go again. <laughs> Michael Jordan's father passed away, but he was actually murdered, um, and I didn't know that. And the yeah. series kind of goes into that, and I was like, wow, this is crazy. I mean, not not super in depth, but nevertheless, because Michael Jordan dunked on his ass so hard. Oh man, no, that's everybody else in the NBA, bro. <laughs> um. And yeah, so it was just really interesting watching this. Of course, after we finished it, we had to go watch Space Jam uh, because they do talk a little Obviously. bit about that section in the movie. So that's so funny. or in the documentary. So yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, would absolutely recommend it to sports fans and non-sports fans alike. Um, after that, I watched a, a little movie uh, that you may or may not have heard of called Hamilton. Ah. That's the. Uh... Hmm. No, I haven't heard of it. <laughs> of course not. It's because you're not a Broadway guy, Joel. I hey, man, I dated I have I have dated my fair share of theater nerds yeah. in my life. Yeah. Um I yes, I, I I too watched Hamilton for the first time on Disney Plus. Indeed. I Lauren. have not watched it yet. Mm. But have, I've seen the, the show. Fuck? You've oh. seen I, it? Yeah. I've seen the show live. I saw oh, okay. it when it came to LA the first time. Was that with the original cast, or was that the no. second? Yeah, no, oh, so uh, it was a terrain class. No, I didn't. So I, I, I will watch it at some point, but I'm yeah. not as um, Hamill crazed as a lot of the world seems to be. Um, so I don't have any like urge to run and watch it. Yeah. I've already seen it and wasn't super overwhelmed by it like everybody else. Um, yeah. But I do want to watch the original cast because I, I know. You know, I think really, really great. So I think honestly, that's the thing that that, that made it for me, um, because you know, obviously, you've, you've heard about the cast, and you know, obviously, the legend, the legend that is the original Hamilton cast. Um, and for me, I think that's honestly like uh, what made it so incredible. You know, granted, uh, I haven't seen another actor's interpretation of those characters, um, so it's really hard to to officially say. But yeah, I just think the part of the magic of watching that show a film version of that show is 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 preserving sort of the original experience of it i guess if you will oh for sure um yeah. and i mean the, the cast is just absolutely stacked um yeah i mean while we can't compare it to the touring cast what we can officially say is that they're not v diggs so yeah yeah <laughs> exactly uh, i went in v- and because i've heard all of the hamill craze i my i was like i'm probably not gonna like this mm-hmm. just like everybody who's disneyland crazed i just have like zero fun when i go there yeah um 
And when I watched Hamilton at the end of it, I was like, I absolutely loved every second of this. It was so delightful. It really nice. is. And my girlfriend made fun of me for about three days because she kept quoting, oh, you absolutely loved it. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, after after Sarah and I finished it, um, we basically were listening to the album for like the next three or four days straight. Like just. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because like I never I really. I listened to the whole album, but I've definitely repeated the King's songs Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! John of Graf. course. And I think yeah. my favorite part. I yeah, think. John Groff is is so good uh, as the king in that uh, in in that role. And that's actually the first time I've ever seen anything of him on Broadway. I'm familiar with him from from uh, Mindhunter, but he actually yeah. got Mindhunter because of Hamilton and all his Broadway stuff. So wow, that was really yeah, interesting. Yeah, he was in the original cast of um, Spring Awakening as well. Mm, okay, among other things, but that's yeah. that's his other like big one i would say yeah absolutely and um what was i gonna say uh yeah i think i think uh, you know there are obviously like so many bangers uh, on the soundtrack and like it's just hit after hit after hit in terms of you know songwriting and composing from from lin-manuel and um and i think my favorite song ironically enough is uh it's it's one of the shorter songs but the story of tonight um i just think that like I don't know why, but that is like almost a perfect song to me. And it's like too short, almost too short to the point where, you know how it is with a short song that's so good. And like, you could just go back, you want it to be longer and you could just go back and listen to it on repeat. And um, yeah, that's pop punk fan. So yes, I am familiar with that. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So, so yeah, I just, I really love uh, that song, but you know, in general, I think it's, it's, um, it's pretty cool that that they're able to share like uh, the original performances and the original version of the show, sort of preserve it, like I said, um, for everyone to see. Um, so you know, definitely worth checking out, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I do hope that it like opens their eyes to see how kind of important it is to have these videos to release in a in a broader mm-hmm. capacity because there is like Broadway HD. It's basically Netflix for live shows yeah um but it's just not quite as accessible to a lot of the general public because you know if they don't know what they're looking for going into it they might not want to subscribe to it yeah um but i've always been a huge fan of of watching the performances like shrek the musical Mm -hmm. is on netflix and i i saw it in new york with the original cast minus sutton because she was out that night Mm -hmm. um sutton foster but uh but I still, I'll rewatch it again and again and again on Netflix. I'll just put it on because yeah. it's so nice to see you yeah. know, that work. Absolutely. And ironically enough, they're actually bringing um, Disney Plus, Disney that is, onto Disney Plus. They're bringing the uh, Aladdin stage musical this fall, I yeah, believe. Yeah, I saw that finally. too. So, I've and they, heard that show's not great though. Yeah, I think they've been sitting <laughs> no. on that that one for a while, it feels like. Because I remember yeah. when I was in like high school, that was like, you know, the big thing. But. Oh man, um, I can't wait for Spider-Man into the darkness. Yeah, dude, into <laughs> Spider-Man after tur- darkness. Turn off, the fuck it's called? turn off the dark, dude. Sarah actually, yeah. Sarah actually saw it. Ironically enough, when it was in oh, New wow. York, what? Man, she went to visit New York and they, they saw it, and I was like, I'm actually kind of jealous of you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm hella, I'm hella jealous. Yeah, even though it's bad, probably. And there's a cameo by Bear. Um, so yeah, I, Hamilton, it's awesome. I would recommend it. Um, to, I actually you know. the LA cast or the touring cast I saw um, Emmy Raver from Umbrella Academy played oh, nice. Eliza. Oh, that's cool! Heck yeah. 
Um, no, Angelica, sorry. Angelica, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then finally, in terms of the stuff I've been watching, uh, the the most notable thing that I've been watched uh, that I've watched recently is um, a little movie called Palm Springs. Now, obviously, I also saw that. Indeed, obviously, there's been a lot of talk about this movie, but um, you know, it's it's a pretty it's it was a, a Sundance hit. You know, it was the talk of the town when Sundance came around, and uh, I think they they had the highest selling price for a movie ever, and it's. It was like seven. Oh, wow. It was like seventeen million and sixty nine cents, and I was like, <laughs> "Lonely <laughs> Island, um, nice." Yeah, they they beat the record by sixty nine cents, and I was like, "Dude, that's like oh, the that's like the best joke that you could ever do." Um, but yeah, I mean, this you know this movie is there's, amazing. There's a lot of talk that's uh, that's been going on about it, a lot of discourse, and you know, uh, after finally watching it, I would say that all of the talk is wholly appropriate. Uh, because this movie is amazing, Joel. What do you think? Not if you not if you ask RB three from uh, from Sen Live. Was that he didn't he like said it? He hated it. <laughs> he said he absolutely hated it. Of course, RB three would blows my mind. Honestly, y- you know why? Uh, it's because it's got a bunch of white people in it. Oh, that's exactly why. Yeah. And that's you know that's fine. Um, I I can I mean he's not he's. He's not wrong. The cast is no, no. Uh, he's he is all white people. He is right, but that also doesn't it, like that doesn't dismiss the fact that it's like a well-told story. You know, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I yeah, I I I really liked it. Um, I was uh, surprised by how much I enjoyed Andy Samberg. I mean, I've always been a fan of him for like his comedy stuff, but I just think he stepped it up to another level this time. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. all like fart jokes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And, and, and to be fair, I haven't seen Brooklyn nine, nine at all. Um, it's good, but he but just seemed like it's yeah, classic. He, he just seemed like on top of his game, like, mm-hmm. uh, and the female actress was great. JK Simmons Chris is in Maddie. it. Yeah. yeah she, was aw- she was awesome. Yep. JK Simmons was in it. That was good. Um, and they really take that, like, groundhog's day tale to like a new level you know what i mean like yeah i it's i lauren hasn't seen it so it's hard to totally. talk about it but there's like a lot of like funny things that like the two of them do as a couple yeah when they have to repeat the day so many times that i think bill murray like didn't do or like wouldn't have done mm-hmm. in his in his lifetime yeah. um and I just left, so it was good. Totally, and I think you definitely hit the nail on the head there, Joel, in terms of like, you know, this is obviously a movie that's been made before, a story that's been told before, and, you know, for Palm Springs, it's not necessarily about inventing the wheel as it is, like, refining it um, yeah. in terms of, like, the Groundhog Day kind of story. Um, and, yeah, I just think that it's it's really smart um, narratively in, in certain sections and especially in the first act, sort of how we're introduced to the story, I think is just like really, really well done. Um, even, you know, I mean, I had obviously seen the trailer and stuff like that going into the movie. Uh, I would recommend going in cold if you can, just because it, it will preserve that surprise factor and the, the experience of, of what the movie is. Um, I will have to say, Joel, did you notice that they shot at, um, what is that? place we shot queens the highway at four aces or whatever four aces I yeah did, they yeah, they used it they used it a bunch and i was like oh that's four aces nice uh which is ironically enough not in palm springs but sure <laughs> <laughs> not not even close yeah exactly um so yeah i mean i really enjoyed it i think the third act has a f- 
do you kind of wishy-washy logic issues when you're starting to oh, well great. when you have to Hold get on. out when you have to try to get out of a time loop Hold on, sorry. Say, say that again. I had a I had a call come in, of course, right now. <laughs> uh, I was saying that uh, you know w- when you have to find your way out of a time loop, there's going to be some plot holes. Well, I think. I, I don't even I don't even think it's necessarily plot holes. I think it's just like when you start to get into like scientific shit, like quantum physics, and like all like it's it's naturally it's like. Um, it's it's kind of like time travel, you know, where it's like these are all theoretical ideas and it's but it still works. You know what I mean? Like it, I, it wasn't taken out of the movie. I just felt like, OK, like we're doing what we can to to, to, to close out the story, I guess. Um, yeah, but I really enjoyed the plot twist of where she's been waking up every morning. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I, I first of all, I almost always see where these like cookie cutter rom- romantic comedies are like gonna go and when that you know i was kind of caught off like that part i was like oh fuck did not see that coming yeah yeah absolutely and I, and you know i think part of the reason why the movie works so well in addition to all the sort of like um archetypal stuff all the structural stuff is the fact that at the end of the day it's about two like supremely broken characters and well i guess maybe even three to a certain respect but uh, but these two broken characters who are really going through a lot of emotional sort of trauma throughout the the movie, but we don't necessarily realize that right away. And I think that's again kind of like what you said, like made it so surprising and so um, engaging and endearing ultimately. So yeah, and I with 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 all all of the lonely lonely island comedy that uh, that Andy Samberg likes to bring to his roles i think his responses to all the people that he has to see throughout the day every time Mm -hmm. is like just like the different shit he'll say to like his girlfriend i think Mm -hmm. is it's just like yeah so so genius yep absolutely and uh and yeah man so i you know i will say that this is one of uh i think the first lonely island film that they actually haven't written themselves although i think it's their official first official like solo producing venture i'm not sure if they had you know partners on that but but yeah it's just really interesting to see them take someone else's material and how they can sort of do their thing with it and um yeah so again i would recommend it i think it's probably my favorite movie of the year so far um that's not saying much but i agree no but you know (laughs) that's it's something i mean it was probably go ahead lauren it wasn't written or directed by any of the that, that's what i'm saying like it wasn't it was the first thing they've done where they haven't really been involved they were involved in the creative process but the script existed mm-hmm. and then they came on board the project so got it yeah um which is good because they you know it's it it it, it helps their stuff feel different as opposed to like bash brothers experience which was you know directed by um not yorma or uh Akiva. Or it was Akiva, yes, thank you. Akiva directed that, and obviously, you know, like Yorma directed. Um, uh, I think he did Hot Rod, if I'm not mistaken, but I know for a fact he did MacGruber. So, even though that's technically not Lonely Island, but I digress. Um, so yeah, that's that's everything I've been watching, which ended up being probably way longer conversation than we intended. But oh, <laughs> as per usual, uh, I the two things that I've watched we discussed as. Uh, two some there taylor so we can skip yeah. right to the lord sweet so um, we can get the fuck past this segment yeah i have a lot but i'm gonna brush through it really fast um i have been watching a Take couple notes, like reality 
things. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I watched Queer Eye, new season of Queer Eye. Nice. Um, oh, I loved it. I loved yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Travel Man with, with Richard Aoadi. Mm. Oh, I think nice. I butchered his last name, but. Um, I think it's Aota. It's more syllables than that. <laughs> gotcha. Um, but anyway, it's on uh, Hulu and it's fun. He spends 48 hours in a different city and he brings someone along with him um that's moderately famous uh in the uk uh so it's it's funny they show you how you can do a a quick trip on the cheap yeah um and i also started watching down to earth with zac efron Mm. Uh, it's interesting i don't like uh his partner at all in it um i find him obnoxious but the the conversations that they're having on the show are um are cool and important as part as far as like um you know kind of saving our planet yeah yeah <laughs> i i socially conscious i'm glad to hear that because the only thing i've seen about that show is a meme where it's like someone ex- like explaining like this is a biodome and it does sciencey sciencey science science and then <laughs> zach just go sick Sick, bro. I hope hope that's not the whole show. Yeah, no, I mean, a lot of it is that just because, you know, these aren't topics that Zach is uh, educated on yet, but that's the purpose of the show. He kind of was like, cool, I have this fame and stuff, but like, there's bigger problems in the world. So how can I use this platform to showcase that, which I think is is commendable. Yeah, Um, absolutely. Uh, so yeah i think it's cool <laughs> that's gonna be like the thing now <laughs> yeah um i think it's worth, worth checking out um and then i also watched the documentary disclosure on netflix rather have you heard of disclosure it it? yeah I no, so. no i haven't heard of it um it's about uh trans representation in the industry nice um or rather mostly misrepresentation right um but it's, I think it's, a, again, a really great conversation to be had. And um, I think it's worth a watch. Yeah. Just don't recommend well. it to uh, JK Rowling. Yeah, exactly. Huh. Uh, well, I mean, I would recommend it. Yeah. But you wouldn't watch it exactly. <laughs> um, and then as far as non-documentary stuff, um, I watched the original short of What We Do in the Shadows. Mm. yes you did it's like 30 minutes right i think i've seen that yeah, on youtube something like that yeah. yeah it's on youtube yeah um if you're interested in checking it out it's interesting to see what from that ended up being redone in the original film mm-hmm. um and what didn't yeah. <laughs> get brought back um but i will say out of all of the shadows related properties it's not as solid as i would have thought yeah it'd be that's i mean i so. find i find no shock value in that yeah it's you know it's that's like saying that the original pilot of it's always sunny isn't the best episode like yeah no i know i just like uh i knew that the production quality wouldn't be as great right Mm. um but i just wasn't as entertained by it as i thought it would be yeah i mean but it's interesting to go back and watch just for the kind of educational aspect of seeing the processes yeah totally well yeah and you're basically you're looking at like the trial run version yeah you know it's like the it's like to put it in theater terms it's like the the off off broadway version you know it's it's again almost like how hamilton started where it started in this tiny little theater and then eventually it grows and grows and grows and becomes this big thing and so yeah i mean 
uh, I'd definitely be interested in watching it. But yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have those expectations of, you know, uh, the the same level of quality that that the property has, you know. Yeah, nowadays, I think obviously. it really harkens, or not harkens, but hammers home the point that Taika always makes that he made again today um, with the Emmy noms of <laughs> it's the joke that never dies. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it was hey. clearly something that they were like, ah, this could be funny. Yeah. Let's shoot a thing. Absolutely. Well, yeah, and you but. just keep like they've made like three versions of it now, <laughs> you yeah. know, and it's like, all right, more power to you. Yeah, and then speaking of It's like shadows, how I keep wanting to make fucking Adam and Paul. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, dude. Um, I watched An Evening with Beverly Lynn on Netflix. Um, it is... <laughs> what is it? It stars Ob- Aubrey Plaza um, and oh. Jermaine Clement hmm. and Matt Berry. Oh. Uh, and... Uh, Craig Robinson. Okay. Dang. And that's a stack cast. Exactly what I'm you intrigued. would think of if uh if I were to tell you that it was a movie, it was a love story uh between Aubrey Plaza and Jermaine Clement. Okay. Oh, that's yep. interesting. That's an interesting pairing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh we watched it on Fourth of July. It's a very strange movie, <laughs> but given all of those actors in it, like I would expect nothing less. Yeah. Yeah, so it totally. was enjoyable. It was funny. What was the name um, of it one more time? An evening with Beverly Luff Lynn. Okay, I'm gonna have to look that up. Sounds yeah. interesting. It's it's very very quirky, but yeah. not to be confused with your wife's original name, Taylor Loeffler. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. and then I also watched Lady Bird. Finally, never mm, seen that before. Nice. Um, I liked it. Um, yeah. Don't have too much more to say about that. Uh, also watched The Meg finally. Jesus Christ. And it was ridiculous. As yeah. You expect it to would be. you uh, would you think about the twist? Um, I kind of saw it coming. It's kind of ridiculous, right? But it was ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Is the twist that there's another Meg? Yeah. There's two. Yeah. There's there's Nailed two it. sharks. I was like, as soon as they were on the boat. Sorry, spoilers. But taking a picture with the shark, I was like, oh, they're gonna jaws this right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and so then, as far as some other big things, I watched. Oh, uh, Watchmen! I finally watched Watchmen. Oh, nice. I did as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's one I, I forgot I to mention. It because I thought it was only going to be available for one weekend, and then it went on Hulu. Yeah. Um. But <laughs> yep. uh, go watch it if you haven't watched it. I know we've we've kind of talked about it a little bit. Joel talked about it. Um. But it is. It's important to the. Th- conversations that are currently happening in mm-hmm. in our society and um, yeah yeah yep. i think it's it's definitely worth a watch and it's 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 not a watchman movie really or show really no um it more hints at and references the watchman mm-hmm. but uh if you set that aside i think it's a great show and i think it's yeah yeah I, I couldn't agree more i couldn't agree more and especially um it's just how dense the show is, you know, nine episodes, like how good, how well-crafted it is. It's like, I am so freaking impressed with Damon Lindelof, his turnaround from Lost to The Leftovers, obviously, which I haven't seen, uh, but I've heard amazing things about it. And as soon as I get HBO, I'm going to watch it. But, uh, but yeah, it's just kind of crazy to see the turnaround. And I mean, like, for instance, like, uh, what was it? I think it's episode eight, uh, A Man Walks Into a Bar um, is the, the title of the episode. And 
that episode is is freaking genius, man. It is a masterclass in television storytelling. That whole yeah, is that the Doctor Manhattan episode? Indeed, it is. Yeah. 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 What do you guys and, think about the weird silver dude who slid into the fucking gutter and was never <laughs> talked about again? Oh, what what's his name? Uh, Looking Glass. Isn't no. That, uh, no. 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 The there was guy. that whole dude painted silver, and the lead oh, character yeah, chases about after that. him, yeah. and he yeah. and he like pancakes into the fucking sewer yep. and then they never talk about it again i'm okay with that actually i forgot about it <laughs> <laughs> the fuck damon lindelof yeah i don't know classic um and then the last thing i watched was guns akimbo oh, oh fuck all right i watched that as well <laughs> yeah what do you think i enjoyed it it's it's problematic yeah. it's not 100 perfect but i think the movie like delivers on what the premise is which is to, problematic if, in what ways like technically? um I think it's problematic in in, in terms of the like uh, the storytelling and in, in the towards oh, okay. the end, um, you know. Obviously, I'd have to watch it again to to give you because I was kind of more like passively watching it um, mm-hmm. than anything else, kind of while I was doing stuff on the computer or whatever. But but yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I think it, it it pretty much delivers on that premise that that was sold to you. Yeah, I didn't know if you meant problematic um, in it, a like, different way because I've seen some people well, talking online that it like. There was con- it's problematic because it glorifies violence. No, I don't know. I feel like if you were actually watching the movie and paying attention yeah. to the story, that's no, exactly the opposite no. of what they're it, trying to get across. Like, yeah, it's full of violence, but they're not saying that this is the right thing to be doing. Yeah. Riddle me this, Batman. Um, is this Daniel Radcliffe having fun or is this the only thing that Daniel Radcliffe could get nowadays? I think Daniel Radcliffe could do a lot of different i mean he's been making very specific choices post harry potter you know like he's been doing really interesting movies and i think this is definitely intentional in terms of this is the movie he wanted to make as opposed to like oh i have no other options or this is the only thing i'm being offered yeah i mean he also did oh that is another thing i watched but um the (laughs) the kimmy schmidt choose your own adventure oh that's right yeah yeah i forgot about that He's working still, so oh, yeah. I don't think it was a leftover choice. I think yeah. it was definitely him having fun, like mm-hmm. getting to do this action movie. Oh yes, I wasn't was... implying that he's he's over. I, yeah. it was a like uh, no, no, I know. I just mean like devil's advocate. Well, I don't know that he would ever be cast as an action star. Yeah, no, in you, of course not. Any sense? This um, is the only type of action so... movie he'd ever be able to make. <laughs> yeah, besides the Harry Potter movies, I guess. But yeah, um, that isn't like a fantasy adventure yeah. action. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, also, I just want to shout out to Reese Darby, who stole oh, his moment. So good. <laughs> so good. Um, I'm so glad that he was in a little bit more than just what they showed in the yeah, trailer. Yeah. He's, too. he's actually got like, guy, right? he's actually got like a character, surprisingly, yeah. as a character in an arc. Oh, that's beautiful. And yeah, I mean, I think it's it just sucks because Guns Akimbo could have really been something really cool that could have propelled the director you know, to to definitely do bigger and better things. And I don't know if you guys heard, but there was a whole controversy about um, about after the movie came out, he kind of said some stuff. And I'm not exactly sure what he said, yeah. but people basically... He kind of killed the, his, his own movie as it was in uh, theaters. And like, so that's why... Right. Yeah, that's why you're really not seeing a lot said about this movie, I think. Yeah. Um, but nevertheless, like, I think, you know, you've, uh, we've had this conversation, especially during our chat the other night, you know, the art and the artist... Um, mm-hmm. And I still think that this movie is worth checking out. So, yeah, I mean, and Samira Wiley is yeah, great. Yes, Samira Weaving, Samara Weaving Weave, is she's sorry. no worries. I she is one of my 
probably my my favorite up and coming actress. She's going to do such big things. She and, was the one in Ready or Not, right? Yes, yeah. she's the lead in yeah. Ready or Not, and she's actually really um, uh, playing one of the daughters in the uh, Bill and Ted Face the Music. Oh, um, yeah. so I'm just really excited to to see um, to see her in that movie as well. We'll be getting a double dose of Keanu in the Comic Con section because I watched the 15th anniversary of Constantine. Panel, yeah, and you watched the Bill and Ted yes, one, indeed. so we'll be getting some yep. some extra Keanu today. Oh yeah. Uh, before we move on, I do want to say that I watched the Inner Geekdom Schmodown tournament, hey. uh, mm-hmm. and from the beginning, on one side of the bracket was two-time winner IG champion Mike Kalinowski from Corruption, and on the other side of the bracket was his protege and team's partner Chance Ellison, oh. and Mike had a clear path to the finale, I think. But everybody on the other side thought that Chance could not beat this rookie sensation named Robert Parker. Robert Parker was from the fan leagues. He was supposedly the next coming of Jesus trivia Christ. He was supposed to <laughs> win no matter what. As a unknown rookie, he was taken first pick in the second round by the dungeon by old Kaiser. Jeez. And uh, he was putting all his chips on Robert Parker to win this IG tournament to get him the points they needed to stay out of uh last place or as i like to call it the dungeon yes um and chance ellison beat robert fucking parker and then he beat his next opponent and now the finale is going to be chance ellison versus mike kalinowski which if you know anything about me is my wettest fucking dream it really is it really is. It you is just, just can't... corruption on corruption. You can tell. You can tell how excited Joel is about this just by the the vigor in which he speaks about it. <laughs> you can't see, but my hand. Yeah. My hand. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. He's like going out there. <laughs> Hell yeah, man! I'm excited for that. It's gonna be a good one. Like I told you, that's probably a match. I haven't really been keeping up with the the, yeah. the tournament this this uh this season, but that's one I'll definitely. What you need watch. to do is go watch the Chance versus Robert Parker match, dude, yeah. because. And I mean, it might not mean as much to you because you haven't been hearing all this hype about Robert Parker for months like I have. Yeah. But like, I'm telling you, man, everyone was like, oh, Robert Parker's going to be the best IG player ever in the history of the world. And, you know, who the fuck is Chance to come to? Chance plays teams. He's not an IG player. And then Chance just fucking won, dude. Um, and then I oh, And then I guess on the other side, another huge surprise. Not that we didn't expect Mike to go to the finals because I did, but he was playing alex damon the star wars champion mm-hmm. in the semifinals yeah. and dude not only did he beat him he got a ko damn yeah i mean not i've alex never damon. i've never oh, saw alex damon and is anything other than a star wars guy so he that's not surprising the semifinals yeah to the semis so he's not but, bad but he got knocked out bro yeah well you know the killer brutal the killer yeah he okay. dumped her that's all i wanted to say about that <laughs> it reminds me of the scott pilgrim thing it's like he dumped her exactly 430 days ago it wasn't brutal it totally was. <laughs> it totally was. <laughs> or however it plays out. Speaking oh, of... Oh, that's another thing I watched. Dude. I watched the Scott Pilgrim uh, table read for Entertainment yeah. Weekly. Yeah. Um, I was going to shout say it out. Out of, out of all of those people, man, Knives, while one of my least favorite in the movie, uh, just killed it in the table Ellen read. Ellen Wong is, like, is so good, and the fact that she doesn't get more uh, credit or acting work for her abilities is sad. Yeah, and I want to shout out to an angry shout out to that's actually hilarious not being in the fucking table well that tells you that it wasn't in the script that was an improv on on set you know and that's what makes it so much that's what makes it as funny as it is it's like okay this is just chris (laughs) evans and egg Wright going to town you know yeah 
Um, all right. Well, we should move on. Yeah, uh, okay. So in breaking in, news, though, yeah. I, this might be the first time I've ever done this on the podcast. Ooh. Breaking news is that oh man, it's not pulled up anymore on my phone. <laughs> Hang on. Uh, breaking news is that CAA has just furloughed. 275 employees oh shit that's not good let's go of 90 agents yeah holy fuck dude that's not good man see i think caa has been having some i think they were the wga have been basically warring with the agents for the last year or two in terms of like their deals and all that stuff and and i think that might actually be a repercussion of that obviously i haven't looked into it but the furlough of 275 makes a little bit more sense to me because it's people like uh, like uh, receptionists and mailroom people where if everyone's working from home, these people There's, aren't needed yeah. in the office anymore, yeah. which I totally understand. It sucks, but I get it. But the 90 agents thing yeah. is another – That's it, like – It's a big bombshell. And yeah. could it be related to the WGA uh, – I don't want to say war, but you know – it probably is um, related to that in some sense. I wouldn't be surprised by that, but yeah, man, ninety agents—that's that hits home as someone who's actually looking for an agent. Like that sucks. <laughs> yeah, I wonder yeah. if that means all of their clients were dropped, or if they're being, uh, you know, like grandfathered in under 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 it's, it's, remaining agents. I don't it's know. tough to say. I imagine anybody who has a contract with them. Like they can't just break that contract because they fire. It depends I'm, on the contract. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So I, mean, I imagine I would they would just move to other agents. Though. Exactly, that's what I would. Yeah. Um, but in uh, in other news, the dun, 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 Zach news. Snyder Hate Club Memo oh. of the Week. Joel, <laughs> you're up first. Welcome back, everybody, to ZackSnyderSucks.com. I am your host, uh, the L.A. Zack Snyder hater nerd. Um, I could have made that into a better joke, but I'm just getting to the nitty gritty of who I am as a person. Uh, just as winging it. As possible. Yeah, you know, I mean, I could have come up with something more witty, but that really, I think, um, I think that really imbues how I feel about it, you know? Uh, <laughs> he said that he will have zero Joss Whedon footage in the Snyder Cut. So what that means, which we've always known, is there is no fucking Snyder Cut. He's making a new movie. There was never a fucking Snyder Cut. If you're, if you need, like, you need more new footage to fill out the movie that Joss Whedon finished for you, that means that there was never footage of that stuff in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. Or it wasn't completed, at least. You know, that I'm sure that the actual filming, I'm pretty sure they made it through filming um before thought, Whedon I, was brought on board and then I they went Josh back complete I thought Josh like filmed the third act oh maybe maybe he did yeah I thought he filmed a good see this of it it wasn't just reshoots I don't really okay because I was I was under the impression that Josh came on board after the shoot was done and then they're like oh we need to do these reshoots to fix this this and this you know or to do this and um either way uh you know I I couldn't agree for the most part, couldn't agree more. You know, it's funny because you hear something like with this. Zach? No, with you. But in but oh. to play devil's advocate, <laughs> what I'm saying is like, like, okay, did we expect him to use any of Joss's footage, anyways? You know what I mean? Even if it was part of the in original a movie, movie that's like four years old. I mean, it's called the Snyder Cut. Like, could, like I kind of assumed that he wouldn't really be using any of Joss's footage to begin with. But at the same time, that's not to be said that like, bro, you've got to finish a movie and like. Especially if you're not going back into pre, uh, production and like, you know doing reshoots and all this stuff, you're gonna have to use elements that he 
contributed to the movie no, to make it happen. Spending thirty million dollars on it. Yeah, exactly. But they but they can't go into reshoots right now. No, yeah, and they can't. They can't. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's going to be really hard for them to get the actors back. It's going to even doing uh, freaking dubbing and shit that was never done when Snyder was there. They're going to have to use some of that stuff that some of the post elements that were created for for well, Joss's Taylor, thing. Zach. Zach disagrees with you because his his exact quote is, yeah. uh, and I assume this came out of his asshole. Um, I would destroy the movie. I would set it on fire before I would use a single frame that I did not photograph. Agreed. And and it's such a ridiculously stupid comment because it's like, okay, bro, when the movie came out, you never said this. You never said I'm going to dis- completely disavow myself from the movie. You had no problem reaping the financial benefits of when the movie was released in theaters. You know, you, no you made all the VOD money and all the fucking uh, Blu-ray money and you had no problem championing all these people who went to see the movie that you apparently hate. So, again, no Snyder movie ever had a second unit director as well. Like, exactly. Yeah. Never yeah. Shot that someone else is although although I will ever. I will say that I, I think uh, Zack Snyder is the type of director that he tries to do most of the important first unit stuff himself. And then second unit shit is like, you know, an insert of a. Of, of a car tire or whatever, you know, it's that kind of stuff. I but mean, still, sorry, your but point still remains. Your point the still remains. Is, the quote is a single frame. I know. That and, I did not photograph. And that's that's yeah. what I think is stupid. It's like you're just putting fuel on the fire like that. Saying something like that does not help your scenario at all. And, and in fact, it actually I mean, the people who are the Snyder uh apologists are going to be like yeah go zach and it's like okay that's you know (laughs) they're like it just i don't know it's just it just seems in really bad taste everything that's happening about the snyder cut has just been in really bad taste in my opinion what like gets me even more about it is that in the same instance he said he refers to the movie uh, uh as um he this movie which again famously i literally have never seen yeah. So how are you trashing a movie so much mm-hmm. that you've never seen mm-hmm. that again, like you said, you've reached reaped all this benefit from, mm-hmm. um, and how are you going to remake a movie that you've never seen yeah. like, without rewatching it to know what to change? Yeah. yeah I don't, I, I don't believe him. For well, a single I, I mean, I, I know you said you didn't want to get into this Joel, but I'm just going to use it as, as an example. It feels very much like the Ray Fisher comments where it's like, this is a comment that's being made to try and sell the movie, to get hype towards the movie, to have there be some sort of controversy so that people talk about it and actually care about it. And, you know, even the, the, the casual, uh, non crazy Snyder cut people will be like, oh, what's this thing that everybody's talking about? And that will ultimately drive more traffic to the movie. So I feel like that's ultimately like what the intent or plan of a quote like this is, you know? Hey, man, if he wants to spend $30 million extra dollars to make a movie that's still going to fucking suck, like... <laughs> well, I he's not spending his it. money. He's actually getting paid to, 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 to redo the movie that he shot in the first place. I just can't wait till it's still not good. And it's, it's actually like, it's actually pretty smart by, by, by Snyder. I'm not going to lie on a yeah. business level, but on a creative Doesn't level, he- you know. Doesn't it's he have like story. a phantom camera to go fuck or something? Didn't yeah. He? Dude, so I don't know if you guys saw this, but like, so they did the streaming thing where he, where these quotes were made and, you know, they had like a that Zoom Justice thing going. League yeah, whatever. Justice League VidCon or FanCon or whatever it's called. And, uh, 
and Zack Snyder pops up and everybody has shitty quality streaming. And of oh, course, Zack Snyder's show. like his is like the best quality video you could possibly have. And I was like, of course, like Snyder would care more about the look of it than the actual content. Motherfucker. <laughs> this shit cracks me up. Um, yeah, you know, and, and, and so, yeah, I, I just, to, to, to wrap things up, I just don't think it sits very well with me in terms of like, why are you saying all this stuff now? If you really want to fucking set fire to, to Whedon's version of the film, like you say you do, why didn't you say this from the beginning? And yes, maybe there were contracts and stuff like that. But if you cared that deeply about it, like, would that really stop you from saying shit like that? You know? Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I you know, have a hard time believing that Zack Snyder gives a shit about anything he's made after it's like done. Yeah, well, he gives a shit about it when you know, uh, when the check, when the royalty check comes in the mail. <laughs> Very true. Anywho, uh, I heard this little rumor that Tenet finally <laughs> moved. Yeah, yeah. Well, it moved. Uh, it moved. Definitely, let's see, like right? what two about two weeks ago now. It got it got pushed to August. Was it? Yeah. yeah. It was about two weeks ago. And 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 then they took the, let's see, maybe two or three days ago now, less than a week, they took the movie off the slate entirely. Because yeah. obviously things in the U.S. are Big getting yikes. worse uh, before they get better. And so, yeah, looks like 2020 is officially canceled in terms of, of movies now, you know? Looks like Christopher Nolan lost. His big battle. Did he though? Because what they said is that they're actually going to release. It's it's so uh, normally a movie like Tenet would be what they call day and date, and obviously you you guys know what that means, right? Where it comes out the same day, everywhere in the world, basically. Yeah. yeah. So you know, there's no leaking and stuff like that. But what they're planning now is um is they're going to do a staggered release where certain countries that are doing better and that are able to open their cinemas and 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 exhibit a, a film. Uh, you know, they'll be releasing the movie in those countries, but with countries like the US, it's probably not going to happen for a long time. So what's going to happen is if you don't, it's going to be huge fuck up if they do this, by the way, because if you don't release a movie like Tenet Day and Date, what's going to happen is it's going to be instantly on the torrent sites. With No, it's going to be within a day. It's going to be on the torrent sites. All the people that can't watch it or that don't feel comfortable comfortable going to a theater we'll just watch that even though it's preferred to watch it in a you know in an actual uh, the way nolan uh, intended yeah exactly and and so what's going to happen is they're going to lose and it's i wouldn't say it's going to be a flop but they're going to lose a shit ton of money if they decide yeah. to do that because yeah. people that would normally be eager to pay to see the movie are now just going to be so hungry for the movie that they're just going to say fuck it and go download it online you know, I, I know for not, me it would be hard I'm to, not gonna to say deny that. that. I am going to do that, but I'm also not going to say that I'm not going to do exactly. that. Exactly. And so, you know, the temptation is definitely there. That's for sure. Um, you know, for me, I mean, it's going to have like a 2020 and a 2021 box office now. Yeah, exactly. And so the, for me, that's that's where I'm like, dude, just push the movie, the movie to next summer. You'll make way more money. Yes, you know, Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan's movie won't be the savior of cinema as he was hoping. But ironically (laughs) enough, I actually saw, I can't remember who posted it, but they were like, you know, those, um, the the Kermit meme where it's like, what if, you know, like it's like the backwards logic of it. And it it was, it was something like that. And they were like, what if Tenet, which wants to be the savior of cinema, 
uh, actually kills theaters by releasing. You know what I mean? Because literally, they're, they're, it's the idea of like people want to go see this movie, but they're not willing to risk their lives to go see it. You know, and that could ultimately uh, end the theatrical industry. So I don't know. I just think that there's like a lot of like or, or how do you pronounce it? Ouroboros, Ouroboros logic going on here. You know. Ah, uh, the snake eats the tail. Exactly. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, there's that. But, but you know, on Let that. Let me tell you this. Let me tell yeah. you this. I'm more willing to risk my life to see Tenet than I am to see the, the Snyder cut. cut. <laughs> wow. It's fine. It's coming to HBO Max. So yeah. Which I cuts. will not get. I assume yeah. Taylor will. <laughs> yeah, maybe. And I assume I'll have his password. Yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, you're funny, Joel. Uh, well, but like that's we were gonna famously go in on three years of Disney Plus together. Yeah, and then we didn't have to because your wife got it for free. Yeah, yeah, so I, I yeah. Got it they, anyway, yep yeah, they they re, they reimbursed us for for three years of it, so I'm cool with right. that. Um, but speaking of the whole theatrical uh, situation right now, so a few, sorry, a few, um, it probably be a few months ago, a few episodes ago. We discussed the idea of, of a few of, episodes ago. So in twenty eighteen, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> no, so, we're not that bad. We're not that no. bad. It's it's like a bi weekly podcast, except for the last like month. It's bi weekly. Yeah, sure. The way I look at <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, okay. Until until it until it until until it takes us another two months to record the next episode. It's not like it's an easel. You know, it's not like you can just open your podcast app and look at the dates yeah please do not fact check that <laughs> yeah so so uh, a few episodes ago on the podcast yeah. we talked about universal and how there was this whole battle happening over the theatrical Ooh, yes. window um good news well this actually yeah we actually learned this today um per this is actually uh our good our old buddy jeff snyder over collider um, uh, Universal, yeah, Universal AMC agreed to groundbreaking 17-day theatrical window. So, for those of you who are uh, who didn't listen to that episode or who aren't aware, uh, for, too bad we're not going to explain it. Go for, listen to that episode. In a nutshell, for years, the studios and the distributors, the movie theaters, have been fighting over this so quote unquote theatrical window. Basically, what this is is this is an exclusive window where a movie can only play in theaters. It can't be, you know, on VOD or released on home video. None of that stuff. And what the studios have been trying to do is get that window shortened for a very long time. I believe it used to be sixty days, um, forty-five or sixty days, something like that. So basically, two months. Uh, but now that it shortens it to, what, like you said, Joel, it's seventeen days. That's kind of a weird seventeen like, days, two it's, and a half, two and a half it's weeks. An odd, it's an odd yeah. number. Two and a half weeks, you know. Um, so, yeah, I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on this, and obviously I have my own thoughts. So, um, Lauren? Uh, I'm guessing they did 17 days so that they could get, uh, what would be, three full weekends in? Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. That would make sense. That's why yeah. you, That's why you're on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Math. Because we are um, idiots. <laughs> uh, no, I was just thinking about it. I was like, why would they do that? Oh, right, because... That makes sense. ...get releases. Um... Uh, I I don't know. I part of me is excited about it because that means that you know movies that we love we can rewatch again sooner at home. Yeah. Um, but you know we've talked about it before, and you know we all do cherish that theatrical experience. Mm-hmm. So 
I just don't know how this is going to affect that. I look, I, we it, look, uh, if you listen to that episode, <laughs> you already know my feelings on this. I'm not going to pay this money to watch this in my house. Right. Yeah. I'm going to like, if it's cheaper, sure. If it's the same as going to the theater cost wise, it's not worth it. To well, me. let me, so if it's only 17 days and it's a movie, I really want to see, I'm not going to wait 17 days to see it and pay the same price. Yeah, I'm going to fucking true. watch it at the theater. Yeah. True. That's true. But, you know, uh, I will say that I think it's, and we've had this conversation before as well. I think it depends on the type of movie that you're releasing, right? Yeah. Like, for yeah, instance, yeah, yeah. Uh, we just heard, and this is actually a little bit of a piece of news as well. Uh, we heard, uh, I believe it was right before Comic Con, that Bill and Ted is actually going pretty much full right. VOD yes. with, yeah. with a small theatrical release. Like, a movie Which like Bill and Ted. Idea. I, I think it's perfect for D- VOD. Like that's a movie yeah. I would totally watch at home. Although watching it in a theater with with um with a crowd would be really fun. Um, but you know it's 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 definitely one of those movies that was never meant to make a lot of money at, in theaters. It was right. it was made as a passion project. I mean the movie did cost like I think sixty million, which is kind of a lot for for a movie like Bill and Ted, but. <laughs> Point being is that's a model where they can actually make their money back on VOD. This when just in right. $60 million budget. Yeah. $4 was Keanu Reeves' yeah. salary. Exactly. Uh, he did it for <laughs> free nice because guy. he's so passionate. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, he just likes to make movies, man. Um, <laughs> which he said that before. He's like, I just love making movies. Uh, but, you know, that's, I think, a good example of, like, how this model is flexible. And in the article, um, you know, he sort of talks, uh, Jeff Snyder, that is, he talks about, like, how... You know the now the uh, the theaters are actually going to get a, a, a certain percentage of the VOD price. You know, so they'll get like twenty five percent of that purchase or whatever. Because that's mm-hmm. kind of the way the theaters work now, anyways. Where the theater gets a certain chunk of the box office revenues, and the studio usually gets the mm-hmm. bigger chunk. Um, and so I think what's going to end up happening is it's going to just give them more flexibility, right? Because like some movies. Again, like, you know, Bill and Ted, the, the, unless it has legs where it goes for eight or, you know, ten weekends in, in, in the top ten box office, like, Unlikely. most movies are out of theaters within a month these days anyways. Yeah, so it's, true. it's you know, you're really just shortening that little bit. But, you know, it also is problematic because we're going to see a lot of the smaller movies are going to go away. They're, and there'll be art house theaters and stuff like that. But a lot of the small movies are going to go away. You know, like, for instance... Um, like last year, a, a a big one that I wasn't able to see with like Booksmart, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like movies, little movies like that that never that that essentially have to gain steam and word of mouth and have legs over multiple weekends to actually be successful in a theatrical run. I just I, I think it's going to hurt that part of the exhibition um, process, I guess, if you will. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do you think it's going to hurt the movies themselves or just? The theater chains, because I would pay for a movie like Booksmart at my mm-hmm. own house. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, I think if I, I were to see it, I'm that that is a movie I would watch at my house. Same with something like Lady Bird. Or... Absolutely. Well, I think I think there's it's it's multifaceted. I think yes, you're right, but it's also like having small movies in those big theaters also creates the opportunity for that movie to be seen by more people. If you actually have to go seek out Booksmart or Lady Bird or whatever on VOD. It, it's a pretty high probability, at least in my mind, that less people will discover that thing. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, it'll just get lost. 
uh, gets true. lost yeah. in the shuffle, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas if you're going to a theater, you only have, you know, 15 titles to choose from. Yeah. Or even, know, or even the type less. Mm-hmm. Or even the type of Do people, people that go to the movies without already knowing what they're going to see. Well, that's what I was going to say. I've met people before who just say, Hey, I'm going to go to the movies. They show up and it's like, okay, these three movies are starting within half an hour. Which one would I be interested in? Good and, for them. You know, and a lot of, I mean, yeah. I've, I've, I think I've done that maybe a couple times, but most of the time I, well, especially because I'm into movies and I know, you know, what's out and what's not. Yeah. I usually go in with a specific idea of, of what I want to see, which is, I assume all three of us do, but, you know, that's, but I guess the point in is, point is, is there's a lot of different, uh, people with different viewing habits, the way they approach things. And, yeah. The current model gave that flexibility to, for people to see the big stuff if they wanted. They could also, you know, sort of uh, discover smaller things. Now I just feel like it's just that gap is going to become tighter and tighter. Yeah, because, I mean, you, you might go to the movie theater knowing what you want to see, but then when you go to buy tickets, you're like, oh, also that's playing. I wonder what that is, or mm-hmm. I've heard of that. Oh, I'll sneak oh, into that next. next. Yeah, time. yeah. yeah. No, it's, I've done that before where it's like, <laughs> you know, jump to that one. I'm going to go see this movie and then hmm, that kind of looks interesting. I'm going to miss the first five minutes. OK, <laughs> you know, like, um, so, yeah, I don't I don't know if you guys have anything else to add to this. I just think it's it's yet another complication in this whole sort of uh, saga of 2020, if you will, in terms of movie theaters. So, yeah, it's hard to see how it'll actually play out. But this is this is this is a, a bombshell in terms of of uh, the the relationship between the studios and the theaters. Yeah, I like I like to think that people ch- uh, cherish the theater experience, um, but I guess this is the great experiment to see if they do or not. Yeah. yeah. Well, right. I think a lot of people have. I mean, we obviously love the theatrical experience, but even us, like we have things that we hate about the theater nowadays like people you know talking or people using their phones <laughs> i like that all the time people and talking you're just like well like people i'm just just people Keep being talking. people just being people you know like people just yeah. have no respect for the sanctity of the theater these days and and well, taylor don't you like spending 12 dollars on a stone ipa right before you go into the theater yeah after you spent 20 20 on, on your ticket mm-hmm. and then you get yeah. in there and some screaming baby ruins the whole fucking movie yeah i've I, you know i've had that experience before and so i can see why certain people are, have been turned off and i think it's also the theater's job to like do better at like how can we enhance the experience of coming to the theater because if it's like it was before corona like they're pretty much fucked you know it's like adapt or die and um yeah i just hope that that they that they find ways to enhance the experience as opposed to like detract from it yeah Yeah. i mean i was just looking back yesterday to see what the last movie i saw in theaters was and it was 1917 and Mm. we had people sitting at the end of our row who were talking mm-hmm. the first like 15 minutes of the movie mm-hmm. and you know if if you're reacting to the movie sure yeah great the movie just started what do you possibly have to say for 15 minutes yeah well they're like, talking about I, what they're gonna get for level. dinner or you know whatever yeah, yeah. i i just I, like I, we had shush him like multiple times, and yeah. I finally right, I was like, on, "Can you, yo, shut the fuck up?" Yeah. No, I know, I shut, I shushed him a couple times, and then eventually I was like, "Hey, can you please stop talking?" Yeah, think. Yeah, and like, it's especially a movie like that where you know it's all about building tension and everything, mm-hmm. and, it, it and there's a lot of silence. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so yeah, Let's I see, just, the last movie I saw in theater. Mine was Sonic. Ironically enough, that. 
Yeah. Mine <laughs> was pretty, Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. Uh, that's right. The movie that was my you, you love so much. To last movie. I actually uh, actually rewatched Birds of Prey in the last couple of days. Not bad. I still like it. Still enjoy it. Why don't nice. rewatch that pile of garbage? Because I enjoy it. And Sarah likes the it gentleman, too. So that's good. Uh, the gentleman. I would love to rewatch that movie. I, I really enjoyed that. I need to see that one. Yeah, it's a good movie. But Even though it's anyway. slightly problematic, but nevertheless, moving on next, to Alan? the main topic, I guess, which is uh, no, comic- oh no, no, there's got there's oh there's more oh yes, 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 yes. We we uh, the Emmys nominations, the Why Emmy nominations were announced today well i don't like to be honest with you i'm I'm more of an oscars guy than an emmys guy so it's like when the, they're announced i'm like okay cool but like i don't get as excited about the emmys as i do the oscars yeah there's just there's some exciting i don't oh absolutely yeah, I don't yeah. about the emmys per se it's just the news that the watchman got nominated what for 26 emmys was it 26 um, lauren you sent it to me that's it, crazy yeah. i didn't realize it was that many holy shit um, sorry, my computer is taking forever. No, no worries, no worries. This, um, there we go. Yeah, uh, hey. Watchmen with twenty six, and Netflix broke the record for most mm-hmm. nominations in a single year, scoring a hundred and sixty in total. Holy fuck! How many? How many cat? How many categories are in the Emmys? There's a lot of right. Uh, one, two, three, four. Five. Do not sit here and count all of the fucking. No. Categories. But I mean, each category has five <laughs> nominations, so technically they had to at least like have been nominated, probably multiple times in each category. But at least like ten or fifteen yeah. categories, right? Like, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Watchmen with twenty six. Shit, seventeen really categories. Me. Okay, and okay, Ozark yeah. gets eighteen nods. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty good. Fucking Jason yeah. Bateman's riding high right now. Right. Yeah, but, like you said, we don't really give a shit about the Emmys. The news here is that Watchmen got twenty six, which I think is insane. Well, and uh, I think what it, what, what is in the shadows was nominated for best comedy. Yes, yeah. well, and, and also Mando was right. Nominated. So that was a huge surprise Mando had for me a lot as well. Right, I, I would have never expected uh, that no, to be not, best just drama. Nominated for best drama. Wow! Oh, they only got one nomination. Um, at least for for the main categories. Yeah. I don't know if there's oh, okay. I'm not familiar enough with the creative Emmys. Um, you know, I've heard such good things about uh, Insecure and I still haven't watched it. I need to check that out. Um I yeah. there's also a big upset about uh Reese Witherspoon not get, getting nominated mm, for Who got who got who got in her place it would be a lead actress in a drama, right? Yeah. So it was probably um, Jennifer Aniston that took her spot. Wait, what was she? Uh, no, actually, it was uh, Big Little Lies was a limited uh, series. Oh, gotcha, 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 gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Limited series. Kate Blanchett, Unorthodox, Watchmen, Self-Made, Little Fires Everywhere. Wow. Okay. That's interesting. Are there any other standouts to you guys in terms of nominations for this? Nope. I think Rami. No, I don't think so. Rami, oh, yeah, Rami was, was notable. A bit of a surprise. Be, well, it's also the um, Rami. Uh, Rami. There you go. Sorry, uh, I haven't I haven't seen it, but uh, Sarah worked on the season two campaign. I binge watched uh, all two seasons in like two days. Nice. It was really really good. Awesome. Um, it is awesome. that general coming of age tale that you know I love, but in a 
different perspective that I would never have myself, which is that of a Absolutely. secular yeah. Muslim and, man who is trying to, you know, find his balance between like wanting to fuck and smoke weed and like, but be a good Muslim. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it, you know, and Marshall Ali's in season two. And it's, yeah. So what you're it's saying is he's trying to be a good Muslim without being a good Muslim is the crux of the show. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I'm also excited that Shit's Creek got a bunch of nominations. Um, yeah. I still haven't seen any Brower of that, man. Got nominated for Brooklyn Nine Nine as well. Wait, who did? Uh, Andre Brower. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Copy, yeah, copy that. Yeah, I, uh, I just think that um, just to circle back to Raimi, I think that the notable thing about that nomination is it's actually the first show with a Muslim lead, I think it is, um, to be nominated wow. for for whatever it was nominated for. And I'm not, I'm not even sure what it is. So uh, shows you how much actor. I know. What's best that? Best actor in a comedy. Oh, best I actor. I believe it was best right. actor yeah, yeah, in a yeah. comedy. Yeah, makes sense. Oh, man. He's got some – he has some stiff competition in that, yeah. in that category. I don't think he'll win. But it's really awesome that the show was recognized at all. It, uh, yeah, yeah. There are a lot of billboards for it up and around Silver Lake. Uh, so it's getting some – attention from the mainstream yeah. um i hope a lot of people continue to watch it and i hope that it gets a season three because i need answers from shit you know mm-hmm. so <laughs> yep uh yeah the i i'm as lauren is super stoked that what we do in the shadows was nominated for a comedy but yes. with two but with two highly popular shows having their final seasons in this category that being the good place and Shit's creek what we do in the shadows is probably not going to win. Yeah. What, what do you think is yeah. What do you think is most likely to win in that uh, the comedy? I had category? said good place, but then Lauren pointed out that Shit's Creek also had its last season, so I would say probably. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I haven't seen the final season of Shit's Creek yet because um, it's not on Netflix. Mm-hmm. But based on also the other nominations, it got more nominations uh, than Good Place, so. I would say probably that, although I think Maisel is also a strong contender. Yeah, I was going to say, I know that's always in the running. I, It's going to be hard. It's, I don't think Good Place has a shot to win. It, just because the fourth season, it was it was good, but I still don't think it like lived up to the Yeah, the I've heard oh, yeah, I'm not quality. saying it's good by any means. I yeah. just know that popular shows in their final seasons are often the winners of yeah. these. Yeah, exactly. I, that's yeah, also yeah. why I think it might go to shits is because yeah. I've heard – um, really, really great things about the yeah, final season. Yeah, makes and sense. yeah, I liked Good Place the final season, mm-hmm. but but I, I wasn't um, like, oh my god, this is blew me away. But it was, it was yeah, it, they yeah, wrapped it it everything up nicely yeah. with the, with it's Quo, cute. But... It was it was cute. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. I've been told to watch that show before. It's dude, uh, the Good like Place. It. You would yeah. you would really like it, especially if you're yeah. into it's it's a it's a deeply philosophical uh, philosophical show, and it, it wears that aspect right on its sleeve you know and um so i really appreciate that you know it's a a sort of broad comedy that is really getting into like some some philosophical you know yeah. stuff yeah um okay but, look one more one, one more little news topic before yeah. we get into the main topic um just to give every single one of our listeners a sexual experience <laughs> there's the news that Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans are to star in Netflix's yes. biggest oh. film yet just like oh so, fuck yeah if you hadn't if you hadn't had an orgasm yet today you just did yeah um uh there's not much about it at all <laughs> yeah it's an action movie though right 
the budget is going to be a James Bond level scale of about 200 million. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah, they're looking much about to it. do a Bond-esque franchise with it. Yeah. yeah it well, franchise sense. with those two would be so good. Yeah. Seriously. It'd be bomb. But yeah, so those two together, growing a beard together, it's going to be great. Yeah, definitely. Hey, guys, what you're about to listen to is uh, a little bit of audio got lost on our end because we're, you know, we're big dum-dums. Uh, Variety reported that uh, Comic-Con at home was a flop. And so you're about to hear just midway conversation of uh, us discussing whether Comic-Con at home was a flop compared to uh, the general con. So take a listen to that, and then it continues on as it should. Sorry for being idiots. Try to compare it to the actual event itself. But I got to agree with them on some levels because I didn't feel the urgency to 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 go and watch these things. Um, you know, at the con, we wait in line the day before. We do shifts. Then we get up at fucking six in the morning, the day of the Hall H days. We get in line. We wait for hours. We sit through shit we don't give a shit about to see the shit we do care about. And this time around, it's like I didn't watch anything I didn't have to. So I, you know, I wasn't forced to see anything I didn't need to. And I binge watched all of it like yesterday. And this morning, like I could do it whenever the fuck I wanted. Yeah, yeah. It, the it, them not being live and having no uh, fan interaction took a lot away from it. I will say the Walking Dead one did have a lot of fan interaction. Um, oh, okay. There were they had taken tweets and Instagram questions beforehand. Hmm. Um, That's good. But yes, That's any smart. of the other ones I saw had had zero fan interaction. Um. So I I think before we talk about what we saw, I want to talk about um, the top panels of Comic Con at home. Indeed, which I the still blows my mind. You guys know what I'm referring to. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, Comic Con's top ten most popular panels. Number ten, an evening with Kevin Smith. Not surprising. Mm-hmm. With 40,000 views. Charlize Theron, Evolution of a Badass, an action hero career retrospective. 42.8 thousand views. Nice. His Dark Materials at number eight at 43,000 views. At number seven, Amazon Prime The Boys with 52,000 views, which I saw. Number six, Constantine, 15th anniversary reunion at 54,000 views, which I also caught. Uh, at number five, Star Trek Universe Virtual Panel at 62,000 views. At number four, AMC's Fear the Walking Dead at 68,000 views, which I wow. also caught. Surprise. And I caught the next one, number three, AMC's The Walking Dead at 84,000 views. I was originally surprised at this until I realized like they've been a staple in Hall H for like eight years now. So like they are yeah. a huge draw yeah. still to this day. Um, and then the biggest movie panel comes in at number two, which uh, is New Mutants, at two hundred and five thousand views, which wow. literally blew my fucking mind. And then the number one panel, Comic Con at Home, was a television panel, which was Vikings: A Look Back with the Lothbrooks, two hundred and eleven thousand views. Jeez, that's a lot. You know how big the Vikings is at yeah. their their offsite events are always like everybody has, has yeah. to have them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but do they? Have they ever done Hall H? 
Sure. Probably on a Sunday. I don't I think fucking it's know. Ballroom twenty, they're mostly in, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. But my question with these numbers are: are these live views, or are these like the total views, these like at the moment what? of the publishing, the article? Yes. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. Um. So I I don't know how we want to do this. I guess we sh- let's just start with. Uh, did either of you watch the New Mutants? I did. Yes. Yes. You both did. Okay. Mm-hmm. So. We're all surprised that that was the number the number one film panel of the con. Are we not? Uh, yes and no. There weren't very many film panels. Yeah, true. Uh, to begin with, and you know, with all the the drama surrounding it, I'm sure that added a lot of intrigue. Yeah. Um, for everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think part of the reason why this had such high numbers is just like, okay, is the movie actually going to come out, or you know. Like we were kind of talking about, are we going to get a, a release announcement finally, or are they going to change? You know, how, how yeah, is this going to play out? A lot of speculation of if they were going to announce it dropping onto streaming either mm-hmm. soon or just dropping it immediately after the panel went live. It or... would have been smart of them to do so, but, but spoiler yeah. alert, they did not. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's a whole nother discussion. Like I kind of mentioned to you guys, like there's a whole streaming rights thing with that right. movie that was sold when Fox owned it and now Disney owns it. And so it's just complicated. New Mutants might be the next movie to save cinemas. Mm-hmm. Oh got my god! Yeah. Could you imagine? <laughs> I, I honestly, I could imagine them just putting the movie out there just to just to be done with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. To like just finally have it out in the world, even if nobody goes to see it because of the pandemic. Um, I will say, out of all of the shit we have talked about this movie over the 100 years of this podcast, yeah. <laughs> After seeing this panel, I am more excited to see this movie. I'll yeah. admit it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Josh Boone, I don't think I've ever seen Josh Boone talk before. Mm-hmm. He was such a likable fucking guy. Yeah. He had the Buffy box set up on his I saw that dude behind him. Yep, yep. He was he was a genuine comic book nerd. He seemed like he he was making fun of playing into the idea of how long this movie's been taking to come out. Like yeah. he was so endearing. I was like, I I I want to w- watch this for you. Yeah, because you want this to come out so bad, and it has not. Yeah, yeah, I did like how they opened the panel with a with a string of release dates, and like yeah. the original release date, crossing it out, the next one crossing it out, mm-hmm. and then finally announcing the newest one yeah. with like fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. It was it was a very it, it was short, you know. I mean, it was pretty pretty short and to the point. But everybody got their moment to shine. Like I think everybody, you could definitely tell that they 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 had a fun time making the movie. You know, obviously the experience afterward, um, probably, you know, is a different story. But yeah, just seeing them reminisce on on the making of the film, and you know, like you said, Joel, I think it just makes me more excited to see the movie, to see the passion and and, uh, and energy that all these people put into it. Yeah, I mean, a lot yeah. of the trailers they show in the very beginning, man, it had like nothing in them. They kind of sucked, and I, yeah, I can, I can understand that when the movie was supposed to come out, they don't want to show a, a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. But we like, even now until at least last week on the trailer reaction video I made uh, on I'm the LA Nerd on YouTube, um, they Plug. like th- that. That was one of the coolest trailers that they have shown for the thing so far. Yeah, and then what they showed like the last five minutes of the panel. Um, they showed like the first two minutes of the movie and yeah. they showed like a like a sizzle reel mm-hmm. yeah. and the sizzle reel had just like magic 
kicking ass. And it just, I was like, mm-hmm. this is, why wasn't this in any, like, this is so awesome. I'm so excited to see this now. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think those early trailers definitely like tried to focus on the sort of horror elements, um, yeah. you know, of, of, mm-hmm. of the movie. But I, I think right, like now, like you're saying, it's, it's finding this nice balance of like, okay, there's a lot of stuff going on in this movie that we didn't necessarily like that that wasn't hinted at in the early trailers. Yeah. And I think it only helps to, to, to sell people on, on wanting to see it. At least that's, yeah. that's, it sold, it sold me on wanting to see it. So. Oh, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I was, you know, I went from being kind of excited to it to just like giving up on it, not giving a shit yeah. to now kind of being like, all right, yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah. I'll bite. Yeah. And it seems like they are, <laughs> trying to get people back on on the mutants train by talking a little bit more in detail about it because they did you know reference the run that it was based off of or inspired by which i don't think we knew before no i mean Um, if you were a new mutants fan and you saw the trailer and you know the characters involved you might have been able to guess that but yeah it hadn't been told to us yeah by the director and they had the artist from that run on the panel yeah yeah you popped in which is cool definitely yeah um yeah i i mean i just uh i'm actually really surprised they they actually brought footage for the movie i think again like for new mutants it's appropriate um for some of the other movies may maybe not like you know for instance bill and ted um but but yeah i think it, it was just really cool to 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 um to get further proof that the movie itself actually exists (laughs) <laughs> yeah and i still see i mean like now i i see no reason why they can't bring these characters into the mcu if they want to you know what i mean like we now know more about it where they are mutants brought to this facility because they have murdered somebody like mm-hmm. that's what they say and like the footage that we saw yeah so there would be a reason why they're not in uh the real world with everybody else so you know yeah. if 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 they end up escaping at the end of the movie and there's the multiverse of madness. I see no reason we can't have Anya Taylor Joy as magic again if we want to. Absolutely, I think she's that, so good. It seems like, yeah. I, I I just think that they would need to establish the mutants first before doing that. But you know, once that happens, oh, yeah, there's no reason sure. why why it couldn't. Yeah. And yes, Anya Taylor Joy is incredible, and it only makes me more excited to see her in Last Night at Soho. So, yes, a great. <laughs> By the way, uh. Edgar Wright actually they announced along after last night in Soho which I believe is finished filming uh he's actually signed on to like two to direct two more movies already and usually oh, wow. Edgar like only makes a movie every like three to four years so yeah he nice. likes to uh, spread them out yeah he's yeah. he's he's you know he's uh he's he's, he's in his in his Kubrick phase right now you know where it's like he directs <laughs> a bunch of movies and then as he gets older he's gonna direct one like every 10 years <laughs> oh no we have to wait that long yeah it's gonna be sad all right, what else, what uh I I brought up the new, the new mutant someone else just throw out a panel. Um I guess but I think something else that I believe we all watched was The Boys. Indeed. Oh yeah, we did indeed watch The Boys. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh the big I think the big announcement from that Boys season 2 panel was that they've already been renewed for season 3. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, as well as uh uh the after show. The after show with Aisha coming Tyler. with Aisha Tyler yes. starting with season 2. So. Indeed. so yeah if if they like it that much it must be good right? yeah well i mean that's kind of what happened with the first season i remember they were just they had just premiered it last year and they're like yep we're going into production in like two months on season two meaning that they had already written you know de- yeah. been developing season two for a decent amount of time so i wouldn't be yeah. surprised if that same thing happened here where it's you know they've fi- finally finished shooting the second season and like okay off to 
off to the races again before we even see what the second season is. So, um, so I love, you know, I mean, that's, that's, uh, it's the best, um, commendation or recommendation a show can have is, is getting renewed that early and that quickly. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, everything, I, uh, this panel was surprisingly long, but I think it's because they had like what? So many freaking actors. 14, 15 people. Uh, yeah. you know? Yeah, well, that's something that like, uh, I was, I was kind of talking about when I was talking about the quality of the panels being so different. That's the only panel that I watched that was the full hour time block. Um, one other thing was 45 minutes. Everything else was only a half an hour. And I was honestly kind of disappointed because on the schedule, they were all slated for an hour. So both of the walking deads were almost an hour long. Yeah. Okay. And I think Bill and Ted was pretty close to an hour. It might've been a little bit under that, but it was like 50 minutes, um, at least. So Hmm. just all the stuff you watched. I just chose the wrong one. (laughs) (laughs) What I really Um, enjoyed from this panel was the showrunner saying like, oh, these are all the cultural problems we attacked in season one. And then in season two, we're going to attack things that are relevant today, like white nationalism and racism. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yes, man, just fucking just attack like the right people. Like, I love it. Like, just shine a light on these ugly motherfuckers. And, you know, they're like, they're going to watch the show and like like, realize that they're on the wrong side. And it's just going to be so tasty. And I like, I love it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I I couldn't agree more. And and I think one of the things that I was really impressed about and what when, you know, obviously when they announced that Aisha Tyler's doing the after show, I was like, oh, my God, yes, like I could totally use more of this. But one yeah. of the things I was really impressed about is, uh, you know, Aisha always does a really good job moderating to begin with. But, mm-hmm. you know, how because, you know, like you, you have most panels where it's like kind of surface level questions, like softball kind of stuff. You know, mm-hmm. it's like a lot of the times they don't really get. probably as deep as they could you know in terms of 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 the characters and all the stuff that's happening and the thing i really appreciated she she kind of went through it with every actor and every person and sort of tried to dig into the psychology um of their performances and of their characters and i think that was um really commendable in my opinion because that's i mean that's honestly what i want to see in these panels is i want to learn more um you know about uh these shows and these characters and the process that goes into them yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think going through each of the characters, yeah, finding out the psyche of how Billy Butcher's feeling right now after this fucking season one finale, you know, yeah. that's important for us going into season two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like train. And yeah, yeah. especially fucking mm-hmm. A Train. Yeah. yeah. Compound V fallout and everything. Yep. Yeah, and his and his and his girlfriend dying. Um, yeah. I really, I really appreciated the intro to uh, Stormfront. Shout out to Aya Cash. Yeah. I've talked mm-hmm. about You're the Worst on this podcast more than a dozen times probably. <laughs> and she's the lead actress on that show. So yeah. it's really mm-hmm. awesome to see her in this. I'm assuming um, that she's probably meant to be the person that replaces the deep in the seven, right? This is kind of the implication of her I guess role. They also, they, they also kind of hinted at like a relationship with Homelander, it seemed like, which yeah. was odd. Um I know from seeing a couple of the clips that they released on YouTube that she's heavily into social media. Mm-hmm. Which she's talked shine, about that. Yeah, 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 which I think will shine a light on a whole lot of like, you know, uh, I think like recording the police, right? Like yeah. if she's always recording, how is Homelander going to get away with all this nefarious shit that he's... Yeah, totally, totally. That, that uh, Yeah, it, but sense. it also seemed like uh, they were alluding to her being a bad guy, basically, as well. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't catch that. Will she be as bad as Homelander? Only time will tell. God, I fucking hope not. That that dude's a dick. I know, right? (laughs) 
And Anthony Starr is like so cordial and so awesome, you know, and, <laughs> yeah, and his American nice accent guy. is on point, by the way, because when you hear yeah. him talk, you're like, oh, he's Australian. OK, <laughs> yeah, uh, the clip they showed us was great. It was oh, uh, it's so the good. Boys. It was so the boys trying to escape from the deep. And it's he's got so a bunch of, good. The boys have a bunch of dolphins chasing after them and they're getting away. And then all of a sudden there's a whale. And, uh, the deep is riding the whale and it dude i love the shot when he like comes out and he's standing there and it's like the hero pose and then the 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 exhaust valve of the whale just goes psh, and it all splashes on him and he's kind of like valve. I, I don't know what you call it the breathing tube i don't the know blowhole. the blowhole thank you god i couldn't think of the word fuck off so he blocks he blocks their exit path with yeah. this whale and billy just hits the jets on this fucking speedboat and the deep kind of freaks out and they just fucking ram a hole through this fucking whale dude which is like if the if it's if it's that's just the boys like that's what like if that's what they decided to show us it's only going to get crazier from oh yeah and you know that's early probably that's probably in the first episode i would imagine first or second episode but the funny part is is in the it's in the um I think they showed the clip and then they talked a little bit about uh afterwards and Eric Chris yeah. Eric Kripke, the showrunner, is like, Yeah, so uh better get working on that whale. And apparently they actually like built yeah, a real Yeah. Yeah, which is awesome. And they started building it several months before production and it yeah. was like the most expensive thing yeah. of the season. So and you know, they co- they actually covered everybody with all the guts of it. Yep. And, like, yeah. I think to me, what was one of the funniest things was that, um, uh, why am I blanking on his name that plays Billy? Carl Urban. Carl Urban mm. was actually driving the speedboat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Their anecdotes about that experience was, was pretty funny. <laughs> yep. Letting the stupid actor drive the boat, <laughs> as yeah. he said, or to paraphrase. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, no, I, 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 I definitely. I'm super pumped for the boys season two after hearing and seeing all of that. Yeah. yeah they said we might learn Frenchie's name, which is such a small part of the show, but I, it, it excites me Yeah, yeah. because of all of the original buildup of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot more action to come from the woman and mm-hmm. everything. So yep. I, I enjoyed the panel a lot. Absolutely. I thought it was really well done. And I think a lot of that is testament to Aisha yeah, yeah, I think it was but, also the highest quality of like camera and audio between all of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they're all in their homes. So are we just supposed to assume that like these are the richest actors from Comic Con at home that have the uh, best Wi Fi? Or Amazon decided to hook yeah. them up with great equipment? Uh, I, yeah. I could see that. My I guess. could see that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, for sure, for sure. Makes sense. I am excited to see about the Homelander child uh, situation. Yeah, like, yeah. What's Butcher gonna fucking do, man? Yeah. Something crazy. It's I'm a sure. pretty he's gonna run into a whale, bro. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> um well, we know he does that. Yeah, exactly. Uh yeah, we'll see. It's it's definitely a precarious situation that is uh it's gonna be interesting to see how they write themselves out of that corner in season two. Indeed. Yeah. Uh I also have a trailer reaction for the boys season two. If you guys want to go check that out on YouTube, just nice. another plug that there real quick. Ding. Ding ding. Gotta get like a little bell every time there's a plug, you ring the bell. <laughs> yeah. A little desk bell, you know. Yeah, Taylor, I think you're the only one that watched Bill and Ted. So Indeed. Talk to us about that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I ironically enough, I was going to put on New Mutants and IGN was doing a live stream and I turned it on. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'll just I'll just see what like what's on. You know, if it catches my eye, then then I'll stick around. And it happened to be Bill and Ted. 
and it was just starting. So I got to catch the whole uh, panel, which was cool. Um, Kevin Smith moderating, of course, uh, doing his good choice. Kevin Smith thing. I will say choice. as much as, as much as I jo- enjoy Kevin Smith doing Hall H stuff, uh, he tends to ramble a little Rant. bit. Too, yeah. yeah. You know, he, he does his Kevin Smith thing. So there were definitely some, there was definitely some good stuff in there, but I feel like a lot, there was some also some wasted opportunities, you know, like for instance, um, like William, you guys know who William Sadler is, the the, the character actor. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you've seen you you've seen his face, you know who he is. He plays Death in the Bill and Ted movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, for instance, they had him on, and I was like, super excited. I was like, sweet, they got William Sadler. Like this guy has like so many cool stories, and he's been in Hollywood forever, and he's just this wonderful character actor. And he literally like got asked one question and spoke for like thirty seconds. And you know yeah. when you have like Keanu and Alex Winter on there, it's kind of hard not to. To, to to take the focus away from them because that's honestly like why everybody's watching the panel to begin with. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. so I can understand that. But yeah, I mean I enjoyed it. Uh took him about ten minutes to fucking introduce everybody. Um just because wow. he's, you know, oh this person and, and given little backstory of like his personal anecdotes to like, mm. you know, you know how he does that. Yeah, uh, but yeah. nevertheless I, I still very much enjoyed it. Um, you also had the writers on there. Uh, of course, Ed Solomon is one of the writers of the movie and, cool. and he, uh, bless his heart. He wrote the uh, first men in black movie, which I think is <laughs> like a near perfect screenplay in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and obviously some other classics that I can't think of off the top of my head right now, but nevertheless, so it was good. It was just good to see all those, t- those people together. Um, they kind of was showed it just kind of like a round table or, or, or was there footage it, They're Not really. They, I mean, they showed little like uh, little snippets of like the trailer gotcha. and stuff like that. And well, they um, just released the second trailer right before Comic-Con. Exactly. Comic-Con, so. so they kind of used the pieces of that. Um, yeah, they, they, they did reveal a little bit about the movie, which I mean, I think was apparent from the trailer. So you remember at the end of the first trailer, they, they go back and it's like the buffed out versions of Bill and Ted, like in prison and stuff. In prison, yeah. Yeah. Basically, that's what the, the movie is. It's them going and visiting alternate versions of themselves and so we kind of knew that but but now that we know that that's like actually the the sort of main focus of the movie and not it's just like some just the prison then. It's, yeah, it's not just some versions. side side tangent you know where they have gotcha. it, especially in the bill and ted movies where you can have a little five minute sequence that's just a little you know like yeah, 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 yeah. relatively one-off thing and and so we learned that um we uh you know it was really great just just uh seeing Keanu and Alex basically gush, gush over one another, you know, Keanu was like, yeah. uh, you know, there's only one like feeling that I get. And that's from like being in these movies and like feeling like I'm just having fun and I can be free and I can sort of it, it, like, he essentially was commending Alex winter and saying like, you're the only person who I can have this much fun with on set. And so, nice. so yeah, it was really sweet. And, um, and yeah, I mean that was that was pretty much it. They uh you know, Samara Weaving uh got a few a few uh good ones in there in terms of how they uh sort of tried to cuz they're essentially playing her and um gosh, I can't remember the other girl's name right now off the top of my head, but they're basically playing Bill and Ted's daughters in the yeah, movie yeah. which we obviously knew about um and I think one of them's Thea and the other one is Billy. So it's Ted oh and Bill, okay. but the, oh yeah, God. but the funny thing is, is Thea is Bill's daughter and, yeah. uh, Billy they is Ted's daughter. Other, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like, oh, that's, that's really hilarious. But, um, I mean, Keanu Reeves is such a national treasure. He really is. He really is. Um, 
especially in recent, like in the last like two to three years, I think that's really become apparent, you know? Um, like, I don't know if you guys saw Always Be My Maybe, but his cameo in that movie is oh, like yeah. choice. So good. Um, so good. yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. There wasn't like too, again, too much information that came out of it, but it was just a great reunion, um, between all these people basically. So. Nice. Great, man. I'd like to jump into uh, Constantine just to keep on the queue. Yes, please, please. Yeah. Um, so it was a 15-year reunion panel for that. I thought it was an odd choice. I thought maybe they was they were going to announce like a sequel or something. It's Collider they, actually pr- produced it. Like, yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, I want to say that Frosty was a pretty good moderator, but he did get into some awkward moments from time to time. Yeah. And I'll talk about that a little bit later. But just, man, Keanu Reeves was so pleasant in that in that panel they like they talk about how the film came together and about how akiba goldsman was like you know like the first person on the film and then he mm-hmm. you know and then they were supposed to do it with nick cage that's right yeah 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 and, yeah, and then the movie went on hiatus and then and then nick or and then keanu came on and then they got the director francis lawrence um, yeah francis lawrence who was of music video fame mm-hmm. um and they just kind of talked about like the production and how they got into it and how uh, they really wanted to shoot in LA, but the production didn't yeah. want them to. And Keanu uh, ended up putting it in his contract. If we don't shoot in LA, I'm not going to be in the movie. Yeah. Like he basically uh, strong armed his way, yeah, his will. And he's, it wasn't it also like, Oh, I want to shoot on film too. I think that was yeah. another like, Oh, he got, he got up into the camera and he was like, and we shot on film and he got up really close. He's all, that's the most exciting thing for <laughs> him, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. And he was like, yeah, man, I really want to shoot in LA. And then he went on this like diatribe of, he was like, I love the people. I love the city streets at night. I love the sunrise. And he was just talking about like how much yeah, he loves yeah. Los Angeles. And it was really cute. And then man, just like, this movie was 15 years ago mm-hmm. and he was telling stories about the camera operator, the first AC, the production designer. Like mm-hmm. he remembered all these people and it just proves that he's like just such a nice fucking guy. Yeah. You know well, he I mean? genuinely, yeah, he genuinely cares about the people he's working with. Yeah. It was really it was awesome. awesome. Yeah. And then an awkward moment was Frosty, Steve Weintraub of uh, Collider ask Keanu like hey man how are you so positive how are you the nicest guy in Hollywood can you tell me like like how you maintain all this positivity as opposed to some other actors and Keanu just like refused to answer he's like I don't want to talk about other people man I just like having fun and he like he like shut Frosty down hard he's like I'm not I'm he's like I'm not gonna answer that question <laughs> like I am just me makes sense makes <laughs> sense and I was like damn dude like you were expecting to get like a a really good answer out of that and you did yep. <laughs> Yep, sounds about right. Yeah, I think it's you know also because of all the trauma he's been through. I'm sure. Oh yeah, you don't want to focus on that. Totally makes an effort. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they told a little funny story about how the test screenings like, and then they showed a clip of what like they're talking about how all the test screenings were worried that he was gonna like harm the cat in that scene where he's like going to hell and he's like talking to like Rachel Vice and yeah, it's like he's like petting the cat but he's like rubbing it's the front of its face and everyone was like terrified yeah but then like he but he's a good character so he didn't you know yeah he didn't murder the cat and mm-hmm. it was like they got an r rating for tone is what they said so they said stupid that, they said so that they stupid. got they said that they got a list of how to make a pg-13 movie right and they followed that list to the t and then got an r rating for tone which was not on that list and so 
the director was really mad. He said, if I was going to make an R-rated movie, I would have made a fucking R-rated movie. But yeah. I made a PG-13 movie that got rated R. And it was like, it just, I didn't know any of that. So I was really, I enjoyed learning. Like, we could have had a more badass fucking yeah. Constantine movie. Yeah. Well, you um, have you have to remember that the times were also different back then too. You know, this is pre-Dark Knight. You know, the uh, I believe Constantine came out in 2005, which is the same year that Batman Begins were filming at the same time. Exactly. At the same studio. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. And they're both Warner yeah. Brothers movies, of course. Um, yeah. But yeah, so you have to remember that the times were different and people were less accustomed to like that sort of more hard-edged. Um, sort of mentality, I guess, that we see in a lot of superhero movies these days. So, oh, for sure. But I understand his like. Oh, if he was going to get an R rating anyway. Yeah, he could have made it R rated. Totally. I mean, well, and and that goes to the point. I think like Constantine is like fairly quaint by today's standards in terms of comic book movies, and I couldn't agree more though because like he that there's no reason why that movie should be rated R in its current form. In its current form. Yeah. And he was. I don't know, man. I just really, if you guys hadn't watched it, even if you haven't seen Constantine in a long time, you guys both have to go watch this. This I, I started to Keanu watch it. Was, I didn't finish it. Keanu was such a treasure in this panel, man. He starts telling really like loud, intimate stories of like him and Tilda Swinton in like a fight scene and like him <laughs> and the other, like just him and other actors in fight scenes and like how nice. much fun he had. And then they told a funny story about how like Michelle Monaghan was supposed to be a pretty big part of the movie. And she ended up only having like one line. And he said that like, they had to like tell her that she was cut and then they got permission from the studio to film more scenes. And so they filmed more scenes with her, but then those also had to get cut. And he was like, it's like, I had to fire her twice and it really sucked. Yeah. (laughs) That's that's terrible. Yeah. And apparently it was one of the first, like they had an, they had an after credit scene. You know what I mean? This was like before Iron Man. Mm -hmm. And, um, Akiva yep. Goldsman said he would like to make a sequel to this day. You know, they just yeah, they haven't been able to. But I, I, I also would not be opposed to that. Yeah, I mean, it's so funny though because I always forget that Akiva Goldsman wrote the movie, and I'm like, wait, this is the same dude who wrote Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but he's, but I mean, he's written, that's like a small, small chunk yeah. of his film. Like, he's written so much stuff. You know? Um, yeah, it was yeah. really funny. They were like. Did you guys at all ever consider Constantine to have that blonde hair and British accent before Frosty could get the sentence out? Keanu went, nope. <laughs> he was like, never. I was on. Be- yeah, <laughs> it was funny. It was He's like, good. I'm not going to be Constantine. Constantine's going to be me. Keanu yeah. Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, man. There's not much else to say about the panel because, you know, they didn't really like announce anything super cool yeah. or anything. Um, but it was just a good like reminiscent of like how they made the movie, how like the troubles they went through, like the fun they had. And it, you know, it's shit. I didn't know. I was a little young at the time to understand like the workings of the film industry. Yeah. Um, And like, now that I, you know, am in the shit, uh, it was fun to hear all of that. And I, I recommend the panel to everybody. Also, as a side note, Constantine was like one of Shia LaBeouf's first, film performances yes. outside of the oh. Disney space. And, and people forget he's Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Really pe- people forget <laughs> that Shia, that Shia's in that movie. That's funny. Yeah. Shaz, yeah. Yeah. He's also an iRobot too. People forget yeah, about that yes, as well. Yes, he is. Um, but yeah, cool, man. So uh, what do we move on to next? I guess what else with Lauren? Uh... What we do in the shadows. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say um, what we do in the shadows. I watched that um, and it was, you know, the main 
the five main cast members, um, the, I guess, producer and, and a writer, like head writer, um, and then moderated by Haley Joel Osment. Mm. Who was also in the show. Who's also on season two. Yeah, yeah. plays Topher. Um, it was interesting because I went from uh, The Boys was the first panel I watched, and then Shadows <laughs> was the second panel I watched. Yeah, um, that's whiplash for you. Yeah, the quality was definitely was not, the, not same. the same. Did you watch it also, Joel? Yeah, I watched it. They were all in their homes and like they, uh, they actually oh, yeah, played Nandor, kept having issues with like his Wi-Fi. Yeah, kept dropping out. Kayvon was was in and out most of the panel, which was kind of unfortunate. Mm. Um, but that's to hear more from him. That's but... also the most Nandor thing he could have done at the same time. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, it was interesting to see like Matt Berry actually talked a bit more than I've ever seen him talk. Really? In yeah. he's, he's usually really quiet. Yeah, he's not, I don't think he likes doing interviews very much, um, but, you know, they talked about in season two, there's an episode where uh, we see Nandor, not Nandor, sorry, Laszlo and Nadja um, performing songs together, yeah, they have a yeah. band, and I guess the two of them wrote some song, some of the songs together. Yeah. Um, oh, some were awesome. written by the writers, but some some were their creations. Um and I also thought it was the most Matt Berry thing that he took the finger necklace from the Necromancer's hut. <laughs> oh, man. They were all talking about things that they took from the set. Yeah. Um, and he pulled it out and, like, put it on. That's so, hilarious. Uh, the finger necklace. <laughs> I was a little disappointed because I didn't really feel like Haley had a ton of questions that they haven't already been asked elsewhere. Yeah, and he also um, started, like, every sentence of the new questions with, uh... Uh, I wanna. Uh, and it's like, come on, man. Like, these are probably pre-written for you. Yeah, I just, I especially having been on the show, like, I would have thought there would been more anecdotal questions. He also oh, right. was pronouncing yeah. Kayvon's name wrong, which really bothered me. Um, but it's fine. Uh, but it was fun, you know. Um, uh, Natasha Dimitrio, I think kind of stole the show oh yeah um, she was really know, funny making, yeah. making all the jokes um until Kayvon came back and uh nandor turned himself into a cat um, <laughs> that's funny by the way and he like turned on and threw his cat behind him and <laughs> yeah, i was like oh he's just God. like i turned myself into a cat <laughs> and like oh, I held the cat up in front of him on the screen yeah <laughs> that's funny um, yeah she uh way, natasha's but... the best yeah i love her yeah. um i was trying to think there was I think there was oh I, I think probably the most interesting thing that uh i learned from the panel was they did all the adr for season two from their home home yeah um, wow. because we were in lockdown when they were editing the show Jeez. so no, that's not surprising though no it just I, I would never have guessed that having watched the season it didn't stand out to me um yeah. i mean professional anyway. audio equipment's pretty readily available you know what i mean we're currently mm -hmm. using it right now yeah uh, yeah i know True. It's just I don't know. I I I would have thought it would have been done sooner. Bro, oh, right. oh yeah, yeah. timeline wise, yeah. timeline. Um, but that was cool. Um, I, but it was just I I did feel like some of the panel was a bit awkward. Um, yeah. You know, in terms of some of the questions Haley brought I up agree. too about yeah. like the work environment and like uh, Mark Proch was sick at one point during um his like big episode of season two and Haley was talking about like what is it like working like 
in Toronto while you're sick. And I just didn't see why that was a relevant question. And I don't think Mark yeah. saw either. He was just yeah. kind of like, I just did my job. Like, it's yeah. 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 Work, bro. I did it. And then <laughs> I'm know, legally obliged to do it. <laughs> yeah. And talking about how cold it is up there and stuff. And it just like, it kind of, to me, kind of brought a damper on such a wonderful show, you know, like, of, of course, <sighs> you know, I appreciate learning that like these people love the show as much as they do, that they're willing to go through what they go through to shoot it. Cause it's all pretty much all night shoots and it's cold in Toronto when they're filming. Um, but for that to be a whole question, just kind of, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and this just goes to show that like a moderator can make or break a panel. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the yeah. actors are just there to answer questions. You know, they don't, I mean, uh, Unless it's an actor's roundtable, like you really have to lead people yeah. into conversation and, and maybe Angel Osment. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's because, you know, the three of us are all in the, in the industry. So we're familiar with grueling shoots um, and how frequent they are. Um, so <laughs> yeah. that might be, that might be more interesting for people not of the industry to hear about and learn about. But I just think, I don't know. I think there's so many other like more intriguing things that they could have talked about yeah yeah i mean i will gaze i will say there was a really interesting thing that i learned and that's that the actor that plays guillermo uh was doing a before the shadows kind of like talk show see i've been following that so (laughs) yeah yeah i didn't know anything about that and i learned that and i was like oh that's 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 really awesome wait so Um, what what is this now so harvey started hosting he did it once it was supposed to be a one-off um uh an instagram live before the season premiere of season two gotcha um and he had i don't remember who he had on that first episode but he had a guest or two on that was involved in the show either performer or behind the scenes mm-hmm. um you know some of it was talking about the show and anecdotes and stuff um and he nice. played i don't know if it was the first episode but he started playing a game on the series um kind That's of like cool. a, a this or that yeah type game but he calls yeah. it this or bat Got you. That's um, funny. Yeah. Um, Dang, I'll have to check that out. I had it, no idea. Yeah, it took off so well that he started. I think they filmed like fourteen episodes overall, so they even filmed more than wow, like one per yeah, episode the, of the, the episode actual count. season. Um, and he had you know all sorts of actors from the show on it, guest stars. Mark Hamill's on a, an episode. He also had uh, you know a lot of the department heads. On yeah. to talk about their yeah. different jobs and stuff yeah. um and it's all on instagram um i believe he also created a page for the show um, oh, nice. he was doing it on his own instagram to start but i think he's moved them all over to the instagram page as well and they're up on igtv so you can go back cool. and watch them yeah definitely i'll have to do that um yeah but it was just like with that you know I, i'm glad that that you learned something new from that joel because i already knew that and as as well as that Harvey did so many of his own stunts, like yeah. that was the question that Haley asked that like the shadows, like social media pages have already talked about. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, that's, like you, I mean, that seems like a pretty basic softball Hall H question to me, though. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, you did all your own stunts. What is that like? Like, I can't. I under. Yes, I agree that the panel was really underwhelming, but I don't blame it on like I would. I could see that question in a regular Comic-Con right. it just, panel setting. It seemed like a lot of the questions he asked were questions that have already been covered in yes. BTS that has been released. For sure. So. For sure. Yeah. 
but you know maybe they're not like i don't think that their job is to cater to just the fans you know what i mean like you got to get people who haven't seen all the behind the scenes things for sure for Mm -hmm. sure but i just think it was it was solely that you know it was solely softball questions and and not like I said, not really too much new information dug up or, or anecdotes or anything. So. Yeah. And it was only a half an hour. Mm-hmm. It was one of the shortest so, ones. I and believe, it, yes. it could have easily been longer. Um, yeah. So I'm not really sure why some of these panels ran so short compared to their time slots. But Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I feel like, here's the thing, is I feel like maybe shadows wouldn't have been a long panel on its own it would have been um an fx panel with multiple shows within it like they do you know what i mean so like it could have been shadows they had their own panel last year actually all right well then yeah where it's like an hour for the fx block of shows and you know i know exactly what you're talking about no shadow had its own panel yeah yeah yeah. but i guess what i'm saying is i know exactly what i was talking about at the same time yeah oh yes yeah, yeah yeah um but anyway, I still love the show. Um, oh yeah, despite that. So. Oh yeah, a shitty pain. That's pretty much all I have to say yeah. on, on that. Panel. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, I every year am in Hall H, one reason or another, and I every year am forced to watch The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead panels. And every time I watch them, it makes me want to go back and rewatch the shit that I gave up on. Um. And this year is no different. What a fucking surprise. It's literally not been any different for the past four years. I always pick up the show and then kind of lose interest in it and then see the panel at, at in, in Hall H and they go, oh, fuck, that looks so dope. I got to go watch that <laughs> shit. And I don't know if they just have this like fucking – I, I don't know if their machine just gets boring and then they reinvent it every on on the same date every year, but it's like – it has never failed to like reinvigorate my like, oh man, I got to go back and catch up with that shit. Um, so both Fear and The Regular Walking Dead were hosted by Chris Hardwick as always. Um, I feel like he has such a longstanding relationship with uh, these people. Oh, I feel like I, oh, I didn't freeze. You guys are just both staying so standing. still. <laughs> just like a, like a statue. That was creepy. Uh, yeah, I feel like he just has such a good longstanding relationship with AMC and all the actors that... Uh, that's just who they're going to call back regard you know uh controversy withstanding um and so they did it so here's how they did such a large cast as opposed to the boys so they had a full hour panel i think the boys had a full hour too actually um chris was there with the showrunners there he was there with scott gimple and then a couple of the writers and then he would have four or five actors for about half the panel and then he would switch to the other four or five actors in the panel and keep the showrunner and the writers. And yeah. I thought that that was nice as opposed to having like a fuck ton of people on screen, um, which I thought was a little bit distracting in the boys panel. Uh, what's up, Lord? Sorry. I just remembered another thing that they said in the shadows panel. That was exciting. Feel free. Uh, that the house is getting a hellhound. Oh yeah. They're going to get a pet. Ooh, which is cool. Nice. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty I like exciting. it. I anyway, like it. Back to zombies. Yeah, no, like, if you've ever been to Hall H, these Walking Dead panels are always the same shit. They just, they talk with the cast, they ask them questions about how they feel about Negan and, <laughs> and you know, like, how things have progressed since Rick's gone and, you know, all, all these things. And just really the cool things about these panels, I believe, are the the new footage that they show, um, 
specifically for the regular Walking Dead, they've announced that. So because the pandemic happened, the finale never premiered, um, mm-hmm. I guess, because they never got it completed. And so they finally announced a premiere date for the finale, which is October 4th. Mm-hmm. And then they said that they're adding six episodes on top of the season um, as wow. a big surprise for everybody. So it's a 22-episode season this wow. year. Wow. Yeah, they just added. I I don't know how if they couldn't finish the last season, how they fucking are going to add more. But you know, that's not my job to. The Walking care. Dead in quarantine. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um, so that was the big news for the regular Walking Dead. So uh, then the Fear of the Walking Dead had the exact same um, kind of uh, what's the word I'm looking for format. They had a few actors here and there, and then they would switch out the actors. Um, that panel didn't do anything special, didn't announce anything huge. They just showed, and I think this is where I always get called back, is the trailer for the back half of Fear the Walking Dead. Is I always go, oh, man, I, yeah, that, that shit looks super dope. I got to go watch that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they've, they've been bringing in more characters from the regular Walking Dead universe. They've had Morgan for a while. They've brought Dwight back in recently. Nice. Um, so really intrigued me and uh i just always love that cast interaction norman reedus is always really funny um he had an interaction with the actress that plays carol and they were talking about how it was working together and she was like meh and he was and, and then later she was asked how it was to work with jeffrey dean morgan and she was like oh he's so delightful and of course norman reedus was like oh he gets delightful and i get <laughs> you know, so he's always a hoot i miss his shenanigans with rick on stage because that was always the best. Yeah. Um, but he's still fun. he's he's still funny on his own. And then I guess I have to talk about this because I watched part of it was they did announce that there's a new Walking Dead spinoff show called Beyond uh the the world beyond, I think. Hmm. Um, and it takes place ten years after the apocalypse has started. Right. So yeah. there's a community that is like a real actual community with like schools, grocery stores, and like they don't yeah. know anything about not that they don't know anything about the outside, but like they haven't had to deal with it because they're so well prepared. Yeah. Um, they're in their own little bubble. I didn't even get all the way through that panel, man, because the footage that they showed, it looked like a CW show. Uh, like I think AMC always really? has like, no matter how good or bad the walking dead can get. And we know it's a roller coaster. It always looks pretty good. It looks like an AMC show, right? Yeah. This shit looked like a CW show, man. And like, it doesn't help that all the characters are like, tweens like the yeah. like the tagline the tagline was like we know how they dealt with it but what about the next generation or whatever the fuck and it's like i have zero interest in the show I mean, like it could be I interesting the panel off. but yeah i ha- i like had to turn the panel off because like all the actors were just so unlikable because they they it it was like riverdale with zombies to me and i was like i just mm. don't i just don't care and so i turned it off but the big news on that was like it's going to premiere after the finale of the walking dead on october 4th with an after show for all three shows that chris will also host so it's a big oh, wow. gigantic umbrella after show um i just man if you're gonna introduce another spinoff like i just uh, it hurts my heart that they've gone so downhill from like like quality wise yeah yep i don't so, need a soap opera man you know what i mean yeah but that was my tradition of Hall H. I had to watch The Walking Dead, so I did. Whether or not I enjoyed it fully. You made it happen. You'll never know. <laughs> my feelings are deep in my heart. Uh, oh, I guess another huge thing for the world beyond or whatever was there's characters in it that fly in a helicopter with the same symbol that steals Rick away in 
season eight or nine of the that's what i was that's what i was going to ask you is did they at all hint on what the status of the sort of rick movie is happening so they didn't say anything about rick and i would actually hate if they brought him into this fucking soap opera bullshit oh yeah yeah but they do introduce i guess like the the organization that has rick well that would make sense like kind of laying the groundwork you know planting the seeds for yeah. yeah Especially if it's supposed to be all sort of like interconnected, you know, and and all right, you know, back yeah. each other up. I guess I'll be excited when they announce his trilogy of films. That'll well, be awesome, that's but, what I'm yeah. saying. They they have announced it. It's just a matter of like, yeah, yeah I mean, like news, news, news. If news, it's yeah. gonna actually happen, is <laughs> <laughs> a different story. So I think that was kind of my entire con experience, man. There was no Marvel. There was no Sony. You know, there wasn't any big studio panels so that's kind of all i got i don't know if you guys have anything else i have two more yeah oh fuck me okay go ahead (laughs) um so i the second longest panel i watched was for hbo's lovecraft country okay yeah that trailer looks hella awesome yeah um i didn't know a ton about it um but i was like hmm lovecraft show let's see what this is about jordan Um, peele's involved yeah, it's actually it's executive produced by Jordan Peele and JJ Abrams. Yep. Um and it looks great. Uh and the panel was great. Um it I cannot remember her name, the moderator, but we've seen her in Hall H before. Um she has the dreads. Yeah. 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 Um I thought she did a really great job and um you know, most of the cast is primarily black um and the show in similar vein to watchmen deals with a lot of um racial issues of the 50s um 50s and 60s so that's when it's set um so they did discuss a lot about um you know the issues that we're having in our world right now and i i think it's a really great conversation for everybody to go watch yeah Um, it's awesome because that's what like Jordan Peele's whole mission right now is to like shine light yeah. on great people of color actors and yeah, and, and obviously it's awesome when they that it's all show yeah, and when they filmed this, like this was before all these movements started, but it's still so topical. It comes out in August, um, but you know, like Courtney B. Vance uh, has an anecdotal story of his uh, pretty recent experience with the cops and stuff. Oh wow. And, um, so so yeah, it got it does get very serious, um, but uh, it, there are are also lighter moments in the show and in the panel as well. Um, and it sounds Is like Jordan there's Peele in the panel. No, he's not. Ah, um, because uh, I don't think he wrote or directed or anything. Just like how he didn't tell. show up to the fucking uh, Twilight Zone, the, the Twilight, Twilight Zone. Zone panel yeah. that we all went to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, Jordan Peele, uh, never mind. He bought me a beer at the bar an hour beforehand, but then didn't show up to the panel. Yeah. yeah. Copy that. Um, but JJ wasn't there either. So yeah. that's um, well, that that does not surprise me. Anyways. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I just that both executive producers. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I I don't want to say too much about it because I want uh one, there isn't too much to say because it hasn't premiered yet. Um, and they didn't want to spoil too much yeah. of it. But it sounds like there are, you know, human monsters as well as yeah. Lovecraftian monsters and there, like secret societies and stuff. So. Was there new footage? Because I've seen, I've been watching like John Oliver on HBO every Sunday, mm-hmm. and they have, and they always show the Lovecraft Country trailer. And I was there new stuff to look forward to. Um, I hadn't seen the footage beforehand, okay. but they did show 
like it opened with the trailer which may have been the same trailer i'm not right. sure yeah, yeah. um but then there was some footage uh later on in the panel as well that was shown cool um just a, a little snippet um that really shows that kind of lovecraftian yeah uh you know secret society like i said uh hidden stuff um so yeah i i, I definitely recommend going and watching that panel and i think the show is going to be really great yeah i, but, I, I didn't even know they had it one so i i would love to to check yeah. out where's the show uh premiering what network is it on do you know hbo hbo that's right okay yeah, yeah. Right. so, so I, I don't know that. what part of hbo it's coming to yeah. is it hbo now hbo go <laughs> hbo max HBO later or just HBO, hbo regular be around for a couple more weeks i think <laughs> yeah i have no idea yeah um but yeah i don't know if if it is on hbo the latest um that might get me to subscribe at least for a while. We'll see. Um, and then, so that, again, recommend it. Go watch it. Uh, and the last panel I watched is probably actually the thing I'm most excited for. That oh, I wow. didn't know anything about uh, until Comic-Con. I hadn't, I had, don't know that I'd heard about it even. Um, was Amazon Prime Video's Truth Seekers, which is oh, yes. the new Nick, the Nick Frost, Frost show. I've never heard of that. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a, it's heavily inspired by X Files. Mm. Um, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, it's uh, Nick Frost. Uh, Simon Pegg only plays a small role in it, but uh, mm. he did have a hand in you know creating and producing as well. Um, and you know Nick Frost is a broadband installer oh, who is very fascinated with uh, the paranormal and has his gang of paranormal uh, investigators and uh madness ensues and their their kind of tagline is uh the truth is way out there that's great that's really funny um so that panel was great as well because it's you know (laughs) it's just nick and and simon and uh i don't remember the other two writers names but um i think they've all all worked together on a lot of stuff um just you know messing around goofing around the moderator was great um it was I had a lot of laugh out loud moments um, and the footage was great. It looks like it's going to be really fun and ridiculous. So. Heck yeah. That's on, my, that's on my trailer watch list. So maybe I'll just go watch the whole panel now so I can watch the trailer and the panel at the same time. Okay. Yeah, do it. Also, Simon Pegg <laughs> was in his, clearly his home movie theater when he was doing the uh, panel. Oh, what a fancy bitch. <laughs> yeah. Oh. You see all these like movie chairs behind him and like, I'm that's pretty great. sure it's a Darth Vader helmet in the corner and like you other stuff all bastard. around bastard. I love yeah. it. Yeah. If I ever get rich, that's what I'm going to do is I'm going to have a movie theater installed in my house. Oh yeah, and just that have parties. So nice. Just have parties. People come over, watch movies. It'd be great. We, uh, it, you really haven't gotten on many tangents today, so I'm going to take us back to a tangent cast mm, right now. Let's do it. Um, I the, mean, we haven't gone on a tangent. We, the podcast is already fucking hell long. <laughs> we need it. We need it. Um, the uh, I did the Bachelor Princess parody. Oh, sorry guys. Um, Hang on, I have a cocktail delivery real quick. Oh, what is this a margarita? Fancy. Oh, Miss Carita, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, I, I did that bachelor princess parody, uh, last year, I think, uh, and we shot at a mansion in Calabasas and they had a home movie theater mm-hmm. 
in the mansion and it was a two-day shoot i was only called for one day so i didn't spend the night because it was my birthday also yeah um but i wish i had because they watched avengers in there everyone who like stayed in the mansion that night watched it that's awesome you bastards (laughs) that is super dope yeah not not related to any panels but over san diego comic-con weekend um g4 tv announced that they're coming back that's kind of yeah that's kind of huge news that i forgot about in the news section of this podcast uh yeah g4 is coming back with 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 attack of the show which was one Mm -hmm. of my favorite shows as as a young nerd Mm -hmm. growing up Um, all they need is uh the classic ninja warrior japanese ninja warrior and (laughs) fucking it'll just be like old g4 yeah i'm just kind of excited about that just to if we're if we're doing tangents yeah (laughs) Um, but yeah that wraps up my panel yeah uh, list so far you know i have i printed out my list of yeah stuff you gotta get to i would like to still watch some of these um i'm sure i'll i'm sure i'll get through them all at by next year yeah yeah um but did you guys uh buy any like exclusives to round out your con experience from home or anything yeah i got a couple pins but that's about it yeah, I got Nothing my for me. Uh, now traditional L Hopper purchases. Nice. Yeah, I got a couple of pins from yesterday's. I got some pins from my friend Tony, who runs Hero Within, uh, oh, nice. great clothing company. Yeah, uh, goes all the cons. Um, and I think I got oh I got a pin from for some fucking reason San Diego Comic Con International made their 2020 pin, so I was like, well, I have to buy that. Oh yeah, I bought one of those too. Yeah, like it's kind of slapped in the face, but I bought it. Um, yeah. So I guess aside from all the panels and stuff, like the only thing that we didn't get to do generally, which we always do, is hang out together and drink copious amounts of alcohol. You guys, mm-hmm. Carlo Rossi sangria in particular. Carlo Rossi specifically, yeah. <laughs> More but than so, anything. Yeah, I feel like generally just Wednesday through Sundays, uh, I just a plethora of debaucherous shenanigans and mm-hmm. we didn't get to do that this year. And in, in, instead we replaced it with an eight hour zoom call. My friends, I don't, it was epic. I don't, I don't mean to brag, but we talked for eight hours. Honestly, yeah. it was like, I was thinking about it yesterday. It was pretty much, you know, a typical Saturday night at Comic-Con for us. Cause we mm-hmm. started about the time we'd be getting out of Hall H. Yep. And we went until the time we'd usually be yeah, like, like 2 a.m., 2 a.m., 2.30, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. yeah, man. It's about the time we'd be stumbling over to either Gasland Pizza or the 24-hour subway. Yeah. And the only thing that was missing was that. Uh, yeah. We do have this ridiculous tradition of drinking jugs of Carlo Rossi sangria. I don't know if you've ever seen them in the Ralph's grocery store. Probably, probably. not because you're probably a classy human being listening to this. Yeah. Uh, but we love these big fat four liter jugs of Carlo Rossi. That cost like under $10. They're like yeah. $8.99. Yeah. Beautiful, <laughs> every single person on the Zoom chat uh, who was there originally, we had a few people join in later, but uh, everybody brought their own jug and I was just so proud of everybody. It was like we were there, but we weren't. Yeah. Uh, it was like watching your children grow, grow up and graduate high school <laughs> and go to college and flourish, you know? And drink <laughs> shitty wine. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. And uh, we, Joel, what else made it feel like we were really oh, at well, Comic-Con that happened right. on our I was going to say, there's, there's one particular tradition. A little bit of a of a special guest, didn't we? I don't mean to brag, but I am 
in some circles known as the king of Comic-Con. And for such reasons as getting Eddie Ibrahim, the director of programming for San Diego Comic-Con, to come and join us on the chat for a good, I think, solid five, ten minutes. Maybe he was there. About five Uh, minutes, yeah. Maybe this doesn't mean anything to you listening, but if you've ever been in Hall H, uh, you have heard people scream out Eddie's name because he's the first person who comes out and introduces everything. And he is the reason we all love Hall H so much. He's not even second to the cool content we get to see. He is the reason it's happening. So he is above even the MCU panels. He makes uh, it happen. He, and yeah. literally he, makes it happen. Yeah. yeah he re- and he, he makes he it bigger does. in yeah. the case of the Warner Brothers panel. Yeah. Yes. Um, and, you know, he, I just, I just sent him a message on Twitter and he was gracious enough to come and hang out and talk to us. And he, he seemed to be genuinely having like a good time. We have screenshots and he's like genuinely smiling. It yeah. was, it yeah. was it was re- it was really fun and it was a really special yeah. moment i think for everybody yeah Absolutely. it was awesome you know he popped on and, and chatted a bit we talked about you know uh, comic-con at home how that's going since we were in the midst of it at the time we talked yeah. about mm-hmm. you know uh, like like we talked about like in this podcast of how you know it, it's great but it's not going to replace hall h and you know how much we all missed that experience yeah, yeah. this year as well absolutely so. Yeah, he yeah, said cool. he said we got to make next year bigger. So if Eddie's if Eddie says it, then we got to do it. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And bigger yeah, and better. He was super nice. It was great. It was about as close as a con experience as we could have come to. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I we always any... see Eddie on the screen, and we <laughs> saw Eddie on the screen. So. Yes, he had a gray beard this time, which was adorable. But yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it was good to it's hang good out stuff. with everybody for fucking such a long time and yeah. and 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 drink so much. I think we all drank a third of a jug of Carlo Rossi. Mm-hmm. Well, reminiscing Pretty on much. previous, yeah. basically. Yeah, it's not hard when you have eight hours, like you said, Lauren. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right, moving on. Yeah. We we drank, let's put it this way, just to put a button on this. We drank for the amount of a typical person's workday. Yeah. That really puts it in perspective. <laughs> yeah, we really, really did. It was, and it was I had really hard work, guys. For even longer before that. So yeah, definitely. I'm on vacation yeah. right now. I was drinking since like noon. <laughs> yeah, seriously, man. <laughs> but you know, I this 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 mezcal rita that has been made for me means that there's a party going on downstairs. Uh, I'm I'm out in the middle of the NorCal woods right now. Um, but if there's being if there are cocktails being made, that means I need to go downstairs and join this party. Um, so, it seems like we're not talking about everything anyway. So, uh, yeah. Taylor, where can everybody find you on the internet? At Taylor Salem, Twitter, baby. Pretty much everywhere. Am I right? Yep. Pretty Lauren, much everywhere. Where can, you, where, can, where can everybody <laughs> find you on the internet? I am at underscore Miss Pixie underscore on Instagram. Uh, and I have a new project coming down the pipeline. Um, if you are a Twitch person, or even if you aren't a Twitch person, you should be. Um, <laughs> Twitch.com slash Boomstick Theater. Um, we've got some, uh, we've, we've been worth doing some content already. We did a, a live uh, show, uh, a live theater show broadcast um, last weekend, um, uh, which was kind of, you know, re- revolutionary, honestly. It was a one-man show, but you know, we did theater in the time of Corona. Um, and we That's have, uh, 
fun little project coming up that I can't announce what it is, but I can tell you that it takes place in um, a galaxy far, far away. Oh, a Star Trek show. Cool. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Nice. Exactly. Yeah. So Beautiful. it's a Galaxy Quest spinoff, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, oh my exactly. gosh, that's a brilliant idea, actually. Yes. Um, but yeah, so so follow Boomstick uh, also on the socials for more information on all the fun things we got coming up for you. Beautiful. Yep. And as always, I am the LA Nerd. You can find me everywhere on the internet at I'm the LA Nerd. Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and I will be doing a new show called We Watch Weed and Firefly for fan theory tv you can find them on youtube we do live reactions to uh the first and sadly only season of firefly and the movie serenity uh so that'll be coming out as i've mentioned multiple times throughout this podcast i have some trailer reactions for some of the things we talked about uh that we saw at comic-con and lauren wants to say something um i was just corrected because i'm still new to twitch it's twitch.tv slash boomstick theater ah, on twitch.com not com yeah copy that Dude. well follow that <laughs> instead of the other thing she said yes. and yeah. all the things that i said and yes. uh, maybe you'll see us in earlier than a month most likely later nerds peace bye